0: Welcome to the very last episode of the season of Adam versus The Man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It feels like truly an epic occasion having completed this run. Ready to take a three-week break and move on to the next format as a weekly evening show, Wednesdays, four hours, live. I'm very excited about this and being able to focus on quality a little bit more than quantity, but t- for today's show, holy shit, do we have quality for you? Not only okay I I could I, I so much. I'm I'm overwhelmed. Uh, we have uh, we have a great show. We have uh, Ian Crossland of Timcast IRL and co-founder of Minds.com joining us in about 30 minutes as our first guest, and then our our headline guest today amazing i am to, to to finish the season on a high note it, it's this interview we have uh david limbrick aussie mp australia from from down under the, I, I'm, 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 I'm i'll do my best to spare you the dumb australian accent shrimp on the bo- I uh yeah ah, 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 fosters i'll stop I'll, 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 all right um yeah i I'm overflowing with bad dad jokes in an Australian accent. I will do my best to contain myself this morning so that we can have a serious conversation about what's going on in Australia, what's going on with COVID. Obviously, Australia as a hotbed of COVID hysteria, hyper-reactionism. We have an actual member of the Australian Parliament, David Lindbergh, who has been arrested at anti-lockdown protests, one anti-election protest, at least in australia it's just amazing that we get to end on this note someone who uh at least claims to, to have been somewhat motivated and inspired by my work i can't think of a, a greater compliment from someone in, in his position this is really incredible uh the story with ian crossland too going back to our, our first guest uh backstory there of course for those who've been following the show this week with tim cast our uh, last week being mentioned corrected Really going to be a cool way of addressing censorship, seeing that we've got someone of a completely different political orientation joining us. Um, But let's get Jim up on screen for producer notes, shall we?
1: What's going on, everybody? We got a great show planned today. I'm so excited. So, I'm going to get quickly through the promo so we can get to this awesome show. T.me forward slash Adam the Man. If you want to follow along to the lightning links he's going to be covering today, we're going to be going through them quick. So, you better be ready, you better be on your toes. Next, we talk about patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the Man. One, five, ten, even fifty dollars a month. Ten dollars a month gets you access to the private producers club also on Telegram, uh, where we share links ahead of the show. So, if you want to be involved in that way, get a hold, get ahead. Next, we talk about Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. You want to see pictures and videos and high quality of Adam and life up there in Gardenia through all the different seasons? Check it out on Instagram. Search at the Garden of Freedom. That's where everything can be found. Next, we check out homeprompbattlebuddies.com, the best veterans nonprofit organization that's aiming to end the need for veterans in the first place. If you'd like to know how they're going to do that or we want to learn more about it or a part of it, you can do so through homefrontbattlebuddies.com, and all of your donations are theft deductible. There, that's the best thing about it. Next, we check out the crypto, the number six.com. This is the Bitcoin church that was rated up in Key, New Hampshire. We've reminded you every day if you're sitting flush on any cryptocurrencies that might have just went up, you can donate some of them to their legal funds if you feel so inclined. And write to those who are still in cages, which is Mr. Nobody, as far as I know. So please write to the address listed on the crypto six.com website. Next. We talk about GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the website we send everybody to to learn more about solar panels, micro wind power, anything about zero energy homes and just getting yourself off grid. No matter where you live, you can educate yourself to do it yourself at GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. That's what we got for promos today. I hope you enjoy the show. Love y'all. I'm excited.
0: So, Jim, I uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know this is gonna be a fast show. Gonna, we still we still got two hours. At least let's enjoy okay. that.
2: But All
0: right. uh Jim, I just I just want to point out uh tomorrow we are doing one more episode. I guess we're gonna call it, we're not gonna call it a, an episode of Adam versus Man. We are doing one more special sign-off show tomorrow to let everyone know what we're doing, how to plug in, stay connected. But I really want to emphasize T.me dot me slash Adam versus a man is where I'm going to be most active. And pro- I, I would say Twitter because <laughs> that's I'm, I'm manically connected with Twitter now, finally. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm transferring that my, my engagement to telegram to our telegram channel T me slash Adam versus the man. So Jim, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot today, uh, but tomorrow I really want you to be ready. We are going to, we're going to give, give Jim executive producer, the chance to wax poetic over this past season of Adam versus the man, all of our co-hosts are going to be invited to join us. I don't know who all is going to make it, uh, but if you've co-hosted the show over the last season and you want to join me for the sign off, I always say like five, 10 minutes. Well, that's five, 10 minutes Adam time. So it'll probably be like, you know, with and, and letting everybody else and, and Jim We'll probably end up doing mean. a six hour show. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was gonna say 20 30 minutes, but sure, make to grab an ahead, make 89th
1: money. rail. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so that being said, we have Matt filling in as co host this morning,
1: yeah, who has
0: done this before. And uh, and, and you want get, to get Matt up as Matt is he doing it from off screen co host? No, 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 no he's,
1: he's pulling up, okay,
0: he okay. yeah, Matt. Uh, Quick, quick intro, and we're going to get to the headlines. But uh, Matt is going to be keeping the comments flowing on screen today from backstage in our wonderful StreamYard interactive interface, whatever you want to call it. Back, I Bring love it. On. The backstage, the StreamYard yeah. backstage. So, Matt, good
2: morning. Thank you for filling in for Steve today. Good morning, everyone. Healthy disrespect for authority. I see you there. Um, yeah, not much going on yet. Looks like people are still getting logged in, but uh, I'll keep them flowing.
1: Yeah, they're oh well, I guess we should point out real quick producer note. We we did it in the producers club, but we haven't done it live for whatever reason. You're banned on YouTube again today. So, oh right. Yeah. You're so so if you want to watch it girl. on YouTube, if you just have to have YouTube and watch it, I am running it on my on my Jim Freedom channel, but your Adam Kokes channel, the regular channel, people were asking about that in the in Yeah. The-
3: so here here's what is exciting though. The episode from yesterday with Karen Ann Harlow's. Uh, is available on Odyssey. It did not get pulled from Odyssey. It was uploaded there. Blockchain Thank for the web. Thank you, for Odyssey. The win. So if you want to see the Karen Ann interview, head on over to Odyssey. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Yeah. It it was a great episode yesterday. Very important. Yeah. I got a lot of people contacting me about that. And excuse me, I'll remind anyone on the LNC, and I would extend this off for now in case anybody in case it wasn't obvious. Anybody who's a state chair or really a Someone I—I I mean, I would—I'd be stretching to say any county chair, because, I mean, I was a county chair at one point. Any, any I'm asshole. a
2: county chair. What can I tell you about it? Yeah. <laughs> any any <laughs> asshole
0: can fill out paperwork and be a libertarian right. choice, county chair. Uh, yeah, uh, but no, I—I I, I don't know if you have it, Matt. If you have follow-up thoughts on this, if you feel the need to weigh in on uh, the the drama with Karen Ann Harlos, um, I mean, just to sum up my position on this, the the big difference between Karen Ann's analysis and mine is that she thinks everybody on the LNC is there in good faith as in they are who they say they are, but they are acting in bad faith because they're really that shitty people. And my position is that like, no, they're they're either good people acting in good faith, being tricked and bullied into doing bullshit and artificial conflict as I had been with my episode, I always refer back to with Larry Sharp. Or they're actual infiltrators and plants, and, and and I I, I stand I, as much as I love Karen Ann, and I still 100% support her for calling out the obvious corruption at the LNC and being a critical voice in so many ways for the organization and for the movement. Um, I I my I have another big critique of her that emerged from this. I think her position is dangerously naive, of, of what we
2: are up against as a party, Matt. Yeah, I, I, you know, I respect the hell out of her and all the hard work that she puts in, um, you know, and I hate it. It's kind of like dumb bullshit that gets everybody riled up like and I, I'm I'm kind of with you. You know, I'm not as well connected. I don't know all the national committee members or anything like that. So I can't speak on anybody's, you know, personal uh, agendas or anything like that. But it, it, it does seem like there's definitely got to be some manipulation going on. It's just. it's not an organic feel to it yeah yeah
1: yeah i said in the i said in the comments yesterday during the show like that's my only thing for karen and harlos i don't i don't know her as well as everybody else does you know most likely as far as her history of activism and everything but just sticking to that one point whether you believe that there's infiltrators in the lnc or not it almost seems naive to me to think there can't be and i mean just think like Listening to her, she kept talking about the things that they did that were bad, and I'm like, doesn't that make you think that they're not genuine in their, you know what I mean? Like, it's
0: it's it's also her 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 explanation of her own railroading is suggestive of an extremely negative view of libertarians themselves as 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 like a demographic. Like you look at the shittiness and the shadiness of the libertarian National Committee and go like, this is worse than Congress. Okay, well, it's like Congress, but without the teeth, you know uh, but it, w- without the trillions of dollars and the war and the surveillance state, but you know the attitude, it's like it, 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 you go no, I go to meetings where I, and I I meet with real libertarians and I have enough real world experience to go like, no. This this is not organic libertarians. You, we took we took the best and brightest of the party and nominated them and, and elected them to the LNC and then we got we got this? Like, yeah. no, I, I can't I refuse to believe that it doesn't square with my reality. But all right, that being said, one final producer note is for the censor censorship of yesterday's show and they said it was it was medical misinformation right Joey Correct. on on YouTube again and like we we say every show like it's hey, no, it's it's parody it's our, whatever uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know I, what what qualify like, there's so much out there the covidist narrative is is so scattered how can they even decide what is and what isn't medical misinformation i i, I didn't I, I don't think i got into anything that was didn't. like other mean? than mainstream headlines yeah. on yeah. COVID. And
1: the, and the reality COVID. is that's Internet. how they get away with. Sorry, Joey. That's how they get away with shit. I, I just I forgot. I lost my train of thought because. Well,
0: so here's final final two points here. Uh, healthy disrespect for authority and YouTube, says I hope the fella from Australia also has a killer beard. Yeah, we really are turning into the American. I think beards are outlawed
1: right in Australia. I want to
0: say. I want to say healthy disrespect for authority is is the only. Username, I will that is four words long. I will read every, every time. single time, <laughs> like every single time. I have that it's like the mantra for this show now. Congratulations, you win the season as the commenter of the season because it it, it truly has become yes, the mantra of Adam versus the man is that we foster, we listen to, we put on screen healthy disrespect for authority every single day. All right. Uh, but since, since we are right now experiencing a, 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 kind of shadow banning that is a part of the topic of today's show, if I get through enough headlines, uh, in the next 15 minutes before Ian joins us, uh, please share this. Like right now, go out, we're live for, and we have a really exciting, we have two really exciting guests coming up in this episode. Uh, So please find me on Twitter. Joey's been posting it around where you can find us on Twitch and odyssey and Jim's channel on YouTube as our backup right now. Um, So if there are people like, and this is, this is so relevant to the interview with Ian about shadow banning where he got like, people go, Oh, I guess Adam just fucking slept in that day for his last episode of the season. That's why I saw it on YouTube and I didn't get notifications. Like, we're, we're at, at with this. This is a strike number two on the account right now. And so a quick explanation, you get a strike. It expires after what? 120 days, 90 days, 90. 30 days. It's 90 days. Currently I've been on YouTube so long. I've experienced so many different bullshit terms and conditions that it, I get them all confused now, but 90 days strikes expire. We, this strike from yesterday was our second strike. We won't be broadcasting on the channel Again, unless we win that appeal or the other strike until the other strike expires, and we get back down to one because a third means they just, just they just delete your channel. And, right. and I, I, it's a, I, I really we are all backed up on YouTube. Which feels our
1: good.
0: videos are backed up. We have other channels, but there's so many videos there. I mean, it's over a quarter million subs that we want to make an effort over the next three weeks to move <laughs> somewhere else. It's a uh, hundred million plus views on different videos linked on different websites and so many different blogs, another old social media post that if that gets deleted, it's, it's, it's a lot less views of that content that will ever happen again. And, and so I, 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 as we make this transition over the next three weeks, uh, you know, anybody who wants to reach out with help advice, find us on telegram, t.me slash Adam versus the man, you know, leave some comments there. Uh, if you're if you're old school formal, you wanna email me, Adam at thefreedomline.com. We welcome all your help with that. Matt, Jim, any any last thoughts before we get to the headlines?
1: No, I'm out of here. We need to get some, some headlines at least.
0: Yeah. Where I hid my lighter for myself. Joey keeps stealing my lighters. We're I gonna didn't start...
3: know. This one's mine. Yeah, pick. we gotta do one yours is right next to you, Silly. No, oh, it is. Hey.
0: <laughs> oh, and it's one of yours I stole it's the from you. Anyway. Have. have with have we're, we gotta like accidentally plug Hemp it's Without okay. Borders w, w, w. You like Hemp.Earth That's, It's a cool kind of friends Earth. of yours Alright so One last smoke weed every day For the last COVID block of the oh, season
3: Me in my
2: bathroom hmm. Whoa it's
0: all the backstage It's the full mess of the studio Damn. I should have been more prepared <laughs> Joe's totally not ready for that. I, wonder <laughs> how,
3: you,
1: I wonder how I'm many people today.
3: This is really a soup blazer I, <laughs> I wonder how, how many people Are going to
1: watch that Circular you just did And try to pause it and freeze frame it To try to find something to laugh at you about
0: yeah, well, the best the best part of that is that we have a cat that is a black and white tabby who oh. thinks that when when Joey wears that robe, that's, which is black and white tiger stripe, thinks that she's her mom. It's hilarious. All right. So to the headlines, to the COVID block, get out of here. Bloomberg at MSN.com. Israel's COVID surge shows the world what's coming next. What's coming next? You're going to get everybody vaccinated and you're still going to have COVID. Yay. Let's see if I can keep my comments down to like one sentence per headline. You can do it. Daily news at MSN.com. New Moo COVID variant now found in 49 U.S. states. It's the variant. Oh, yes. They're, They're fucking laughing at you. Keep acting like <laughs> the whippings will continue until the beatings, right? The beatings will continue until morale improves. Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. Why a COVID-19 vaccine for children is taking so long? Why haven't they invented the the, the bicycle for fish yet? Is that researchers testing shots in children face serious challenges, starting with making the lower dose under study. Washington Post at MSN.com. Trudeau facing anti-vaxxer mobs on election trail is met with flying gravel at campaign stop. This is being misreported as people throwing rocks and getting stoned. No, that's what he does before he, he goes out. Done. Yeah, hours after Prime Minister Trudeau vowed that he wouldn't back down in the face of anti-vaxxer mobs, protesters, many of them opposed to coronavirus, vaccinations, and public health measures, threw gravel at him at a campaign stop Monday evening. By the way, uh, calling them public health measures. Just the labeling by the mainstream media, the terminology used is reinforcing an authoritarian narrative that we are seeing. The effects of in this next headline, remember the Washington Post said, cron.com, tent cities, now part of the landscape. I told you so. Uh. A toto so, toto so, so. To We've been watching Trailer Park Boys a lately, <laughs> which is way more fun than driving around the United States and seeing tent cities all over the place, tent camps. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to call them what we, under Trump because they started with Trump. Like there was a surge in tent cities, Not a surge, but there was a there's just a, yeah. an, a, a marked an increase increase. What do we want to call, like, Hoovervilles, Trumpvilles? Trumpvilles. Oh, Bidenvilles? Oh, I mean, can we, let's call them COVID camps.
3: COVID camps.
0: I mean, because there is a blame.
3: Sounds like a death camp or something, though. I mean.
0: No, 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 because no, in Australia, and we'll talk to David Lindbergh about this in a bit today, they actually have a quarantine camp. Well, this is how we do it in America. We just kick them out of the streets. From zerohedge.com, FOIA released Fauci funded construction of chimeric coronaviruses. That's chimeric with a CH in Wuhan. When Dr. Anthony Fauci confidently screamed at Senator Rand Paul in July, calling him a liar for accusing him of funding so called gain of function research in Wuhan, China to make coronaviruses more transmissible to humans, the argument ultimately failed due to Fauci's unsupported claim that the research didn't technically fit the definition of gain of function. Now, thanks to materials here and here linked. Yeah. You know, and by the way, links all at t.me slash Adam versus the man released for freedom of information act lawsuit by the intercept against national institutes of health were unredacted enough to toss Fauci under the bus. We know now that Fauci funded eco health Alliance, a New York based nonprofit headed by Peter Daszak was absolutely engaged in gain function research to make chimeric SARS based coronaviruses, which they confirmed, could infect human cells. I don't care too much to jump down this rabbit hole. It's just one more giant, giant hole in the COVIDist narrative. Now, to the implications, we might, again, it, it, 10 cities cropping up across America. I'd like to think that is a unique feature of Adam versus the man that we include that as a COVID story because it fucking is. Here's another one from the Wall Street Journal. Deals spree puts banks on track for busiest ever year. In the first eight months of 2021, companies have announced deals worth more than $1.8 trillion in the United States. Now, this is a a bit of a misleading headline, but the the, the first sentence kind of tells you what's really going on here. I'm going to try to lay it even one more layer bare, if I may. The story goes, Takeovers are taking over. Companies worldwide embarked on an unprecedented deal spree this year emerging from the depths of the pandemic, looking to bulk up and address the vulnerabilities it exposed simultaneously. Buyout firms and blank check companies have been deploying hundreds of billions of dollars at a feverish pace. What does this really mean? Corporate consolidation is happening faster than ever buy outs means that entrepreneurs are selling out to major corporations because that's the and, and I don't blame them right like if you invent Instagram I, I don't know if this perfectly applies to the Instagram story excuse me if it's not the best example but like if you invent Instagram and Facebook says we'll give you two billion dollars for that fucking take the money and run because if you don't, they will destroy you. That's kind of how leveraged buyouts work. That's how the bigger picture of runaway corporatism that we live under works. It works in America today to serve banks, to serve governments, to serve the major interests, to serve BlackRock and Vanguard holdings, to make it possible for single boardrooms full of assholes to determine major policies for the media and for big pharma, where they collude, and everybody else gets screwed, and we see that the main purpose of government is fulfilled, making the rich richer, at the defense of everybody else. The headline, deal spree, maybe it's only misleading because I'm the idiot who goes, deal spree? What, are they offering, like, discounts and shit? No, I know that's not what they mean. Next up in Covidiacy, the New York Post, Rutgers, is in Rutgers University bars unvaccinated student from attending wait for it wait for it virtual classes yeah yeah you need a vaccine to go to a virtual class what what i think the headline speaks for itself i I can't give any comment that makes this headline better that's our COVID block. We did it. Congratulations! What? We have, we have time it. to do an Afghanistan block. Mm. But I got I got like one more one more dose of COVID vitamins.
2: Crazy. We eat every day. All
0: right, all right, all right. Afghanistan. France 24com <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gross. <laughs> All right. whoo. France24.com. Victorious Taliban gloat over ruins of CIA's Afghan base. Wow. Uh yeah. Yeah. Only a heap of rubble and twisted metal remain in what was the last. CIA base in Afghanistan. After America's longest war, Taliban commander Mullah Hasnain contemplates all that is left of what was part of the last CIA-based base, CIA demolished buildings, destroyed vehicles, and piles of ammunition. You know, what that makes me think right away, like right, right away, you know, if it could happen in Afghanistan, it could happen anywhere. It could happen in America. Might we, the American Taliban, the resistance, the revolutionaries here, someday, also gloat over the ruins of CIA headquarters? Is the question even in doubt? Nay, I say, it is inevitable. Although I, we, we don't have to actually destroy the building; like we can just repurpose it. Okay, I'm not for property destruction. I think we can do a little bit better job. But yes, we can. We can gloat over the 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 death. Of the evil institution, the CIA itself. Now, in demonization of the Taliban, we see more headlines about them putting down the women's protest. Taliban fighters crush a women's protest amid flickers of resistance is the headline from uh, New York Times we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, Follow-up today, Jim Skipping had one in the stack. Daily Beast Dot com, TheDailyBeast.com, Taliban, lock women in Kabul bank basement after thousands march for freedom. Wait, didn't you say they were going to behead them or something or shoot them? And already there's like thousands of anti-Taliban protesters took to the streets of Kabul thir- Tuesday and reports say they were pushed back with gunfire arrests. And one video appeared to show women locked in a bank's basement. So they're, they're trying to push back with gunfire. Did anybody die? I hate to downplay this, but the sensationalist demonization of the Taliban and the mainstream media, the Western media, especially. I love puncturing this because it deserves to be, again, not trying to say the Taliban is righteous or virtuous, but um, said uh, it was uh, one of one of these tens of wait, they just changed this. They just changed the text from like an hour ago when I pulled what? the story out. because someone called them, The head of news at Tolo posted a video of dozens of women in an underground parking lot with the caption, Taliban kept, this is, it was tens and tens, now it's just, maybe I'm getting this wrong, excuse me. They have this in here, but this is what was funny. Taliban kept tens of women in the basement of Azizi Bank to prevent them from joining protests in Kabul streets. And I'm like, for a second, holy shit, get some perspective the american police state it was until they were called out for just a couple of years ago hiding people in a secret torture prison in chicago and you go oh the taliban hates women and i'm sitting here just like oh is it an, it isn't it, it, it isn't easy being green that's like eight references packed into one phrase but the dailybeast.com goes on their headlines after this mom and teacher say they're proud of girl who flipped bird at school, anti mask protesters. Yeah, bullying is, is part of COVIDism and it's entrenched with the authority official policy now. And then after that, just to further discredit the Daily Beast, their next headline has a section partner update. This company can help you keep your hair on your head and grow more. And you know what it is? It says, and in fine print. Add by keeps. keeps.com I I shouldn't even say. Is the most bullshit I've looked into this. Yes. They're just pushing Snoop modafinil. They're just pushing too. they're pushing they're pushing Rogaine with with supplements. It's, fu- it's it's a fucking scam that makes you dependent on pharmaceuticals that used to cost more. They had to make it cheap. Anyway, we have a fun tech block that starts with Bosses turn to tattle where to keep tabs on employees working from home. We have uh, stuff about crypto we might not get to today. You know, we're going to go long at very least, but we're going to get to Ian Crossland here in just a second. Um, he is backstage. We're going to talk to David Limbrick for as long as we can get him to stay up very, very, very late uh, on Australia time, whatever freaking time zone that is empty. Yep keeps his BS we have testimonies and you know what it's a fucking tragedy i've seen bald dudes go like man i got on that stuff and then i had to stop it and then lost all my hair and just like went pure bald and gave up and and i'm i'm looking at this cuz i'm i'm thinning i'm thinning my favorite line from game of thrones oh no one guessed it the other day i threw this out there no one it. guessed it no Nobody one guessed did. it the line is uh you know what i'm not afraid of bald cunts like you you think you're fooling anyone with that top knot bald cunt bald yeah cunt. uh if game of thrones if you can say who was saying that to whom in game of thrones today in comments you can win membership in the producers club we'll go next level it's game of thrones one character to another but yeah I, it's funny because i actually have a bald spot here and my top knot is covering it up It's true. and you shouldn't be afraid of me with that our first guest today is none other than Ian Crossland, co-founder of Minds and co-host of Timcast IRL. I am honored to be joined by you today, sir, by the circumstances of this interview coming together. Normally I'd be like, I tricked Ian Crossland into coming on Anna versus the Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna debate him and embarrass the hell out of him. But we have something that that we're kind of coming together on in an, in an understanding today. And and I want to start by, if you don't mind, I'm telling the story super briefly to celebrate your integrity, and that that's why I'm I'm inviting you on to have the conversation this way. Uh, Ian Crossland, as co-host of TimCast, Tim Tim Pool's uh, podcast, it came up in conversation about criminal justice more generally. He mentioned my case with the shotgun and told it as. I was somehow cowered by the experience, and then I, I can, I, I, in front of this, because it's maddening to me when it's like, no, he didn't shut up. He was shadow banned. That there's this false narrative. And Ian, much to his credit, uh, I believe, listened to the segment we did on on our show about this and gave a, a beautiful, heartfelt correction uh, on on Tim Cast's uh, on on Tim Cast a few days ago. So, Ian, I, I want to give you a chance with 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 the thirty minutes that we've got with you to to you know, introduce yourself, introduce yourself ideologically, social media wise. So, again, thank you for your time. Welcome to the show. Definitely. Thank
4: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Well, um, just, introduce yourself. What what do you want our audience to know about you today? Uh, well, you know, I'm
4: I'm I started uh making internet video blogs in like 2006. You, I could see the potential of the power of the of internet video. So I, I, I was like an actor in LA, but I decided to kind of veer my career towards making an in, independent, you know, internet video and blew it up, man. It's uh, that, that YouTube thing became a big deal. But anyway, Bill Altman contacted me to start up Minds uh, in like 2010, he'd been watching my videos on YouTube and I decided to go kind of go in that path. So I, I thought I was gonna be an actor. I decided to go start building technology. And then, you know, now I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm I'm hosting TV shows so that you kind of can use the acting. Like, I want to kind of use that acting ability to spread really convoluted ideas like free software, um, graphene, talking about like just really advanced technology, like, you know, fusion particularly is really cool. I think warp drive. I like getting involved with like really uh, hyper theoretical physicists and, and trying to like condense what they're talking about to make it easy to understand it's been pretty thrilling man um, I've been following your work for a long time especially back before the shotgun incident you were like one of the most vocal proponents I don't know what year what year all that went down 2013 2012 mm-hmm. I don't remember 13, 13. The, the
0: shotgun incident. So it was, it it was like
4: right when that war on Syria was brewing you were extremely vocal to prevent that and if you like I remember seeing a lot of Luke Rudkowski's work at that time it just resonated. And then you, that, that, you know, however you want to say that incident down at the Capitol uh, happened. And then I didn't see you anymore.
0: And I just, well, hold on enough about me, enough about me. We'll come back to yeah. that. I want, I want, because I want to get to know your perspective uh, more broadly. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, first for my audience who knows nothing about you ideologically, you know, what is your foundation and, and how how did you end up hooking up with Tim Poole and how is your political perspective and your social? Because, because like the, the tech stuff, I'm a fan. We all love it. We're especially here moving humanity forward. We, we love you know, all of that and in that I'm, I'm a fan of yours. So but but ideologically, where did you like politically? What did you come into this with? How does it relate to your work with Tim? And, and how has it evolved over time? And, and where do you see your role now, both as, as an innovator, entrepreneur, and as a commentator politically?
4: So I, I think of myself as about as anti-war as it gets, but I, I don't like playing against something. So, so I don't like voting against someone. I don't like being anti-angry. You know, you're just calm. There's a word for being anti-angry, calm. So I don't pro like this. What's it?
0: Grow Pro-peace.
4: Yeah, I am pro-peace. So that's how I got into the tech sector is trying to build technologies that will allow for a human kind of, I don't know if you call it a mass psychosis or what, but like this like animalistic need to destroy plants and animals to consume them to survive. Like we have a very dangerous and destructive, if mal-attenuated species. So I don't know if we'll ever be able to not have war. I would like to not have war. I think it's possible. You know, if you can dream it. And it's
0: like, I want to interrupt then to give you something as quickly as I can that's very important as a means of understanding and a note of huge optimism on this that has been critically important to my worldview. And it's Steven Pinker, Harvard professor, his book, Better Angels of Our Nature, and his TED Talk, The Surprising Decline in Violence, show academically irrefutably that human violence is on the course of a curve of decline, almost like a radioactive decay curve over the course of human history. Not only are we living in the most peaceful times in human history, where you are less likely to die at the hands of another human being than ever before, but this follows a very consistent trajectory back in human history. And barring some cataclysmic caveat to the statement, like meteor nuclear annihilation a real pandemic alien, something like that i see no reason why that trajectory isn't going to continue and that you see how your work and i want to give you credit for this because i think what, what what i kind of read into your statement there is that you see your entrepreneurship is bringing humanity together to kind of create a a hive mind effect so that we're less likely to have conflict we live in more harmony you simply cannot, in the age of the internet, lie to enough gullible young men and have them meet in the middle of a field where none of them live to kill each other because they're wearing different fucking colors. You can't do that anymore. You used to be able to do that with newspapers and television and bullshit primitive propaganda. You cannot get away with that. You can get global war on terror, you can get shadow wars. But you cannot get away with that in the age of the internet that we have today because of entrepreneurs like you. Your work and Minds.com has had a significant enough impact in contributing to that effect. I think you deserve and the innovators in your category deserve credit for there being a significant continuation of that de-escalation of violence over the last
4: 20 years and a lot of it i think is internet video games from my experience like world of warcraft i would you'd see you'd go into Ironforge forge and see like chinese people could talk you talk to chinese people and you'd be like i'm gonna vote for barack obama like in 2006 it was unifying i saw like okay we're inevitably unifying the globe now and now you see like Ch- laws with like the ccp wants to limit their people's video game access They're, There's definitely, they want to, to maybe, I don't know who they is. I I don't want to assume that they, that there's a they or that they are trying to do anything, but it's this gamification that is making it exciting to communicate or, or, or to better yourself. Like I'm, Hmm. I know that like augmented reality, um, like if you're outside, you know, digging, pulling up roots and you have an augmented reality system that's like every time you pull up uh like like a, a weed you get a credit a token or something like that right I, I think that we'll be able to get our like competitive nature out digitally I don't know though man I, I'm concerned with the neural net and the the Borg and and that we become over connected and that maybe this I mean I think conflict is inedible and even conflict. Sure. And it it benefits us, you know, if you try as hard as you can, and then I'm forced to try harder than I thought I could, I I become better as a human. It's just when it comes to like violence, I, I think that's, I don't know if that'll, if we'll ever be able to weed that out of our DNA. I think, I think that we will like by, by simulating it. But then you see people like playing violent video games, and there's an argument that it makes them more violent. I don't know if it actually does make them more violent or not.
0: Well, so this, this gets to, to what I, I kind of want to cut to the chase in like typically awkward libertarian fashion and ask you, so why aren't you a libertarian yet? Uh, but there is a, a greater concern that I see out of this that makes me a libertarian. That is that in this technological age, if we allow the paradigm of coercive authority to continue unabated, that those tools of technology that have this great potential to be used for good can be used for the kind of evil that you suggest of, of larger social control and that that would lead to, I, I mean, kind of like what we're seeing now with the COVID hysteria. So how, how would, I mean, how does you, would you say your worldview, other than that that view of technological dystopian possibilities currently how does that influence your view of of government today i mean would you describe yourself as a a leftist like tim pool
4: no no tim and i are similar but we're different he's pretty we're both really observant and and kind of willing to change when presented with new ideas that's what we have most in common i think um the I, I when it comes to government, like what is what is a government? To, how to control the mind? Isn't that like Latin or something? I mean, mind control the mind, gubern and mente. Whatever. I think.
0: I know that's no mente is a it's a it's a grammatical suffix. It's yeah, bad be you Just define government as an institute of illegitimate coercive authority. We don't have to play word games. That's my. I get your point though. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I'm down with some authority because in
4: order to establish freedom as we know it in the United States, we needed to kind of basically create a system that the freedom can exist within. And in order to build that system, we did it through coercive force. We like set up our borders and then we militarily guarded them. So everyone inside can experience American freedom as we know it. So that government has done its job, the whole limited war thing with Henry Kissinger, like in the seventies where they started, instead of doing total war, they started going to like Vietnam and all these like, limited wars. I think that age of limited warfare might be done. And that a government's job would be to oversee like transparent voter software and tax technology where we can like dictate where we want to put our taxes, like on a slide b- slider bars or something. So you, you, um,
0: see, you see government benignly evolving to something that's that's not coercive or violent, that's consensual, that applies the, the competitive expectations created by technology to at least live up to alternatives and radically fundamentally transforming. And that's, that really does speak to, I think your intellectual integrity as well. And, and being able to sort of be, I mean, I, I, when most people try to say they're sort of non-ideological, I call bullshit. Uh, but in your case, you, you, you kind of earned it <laughs> or, or substantiate it. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, what concerns me is the, is force is like the military. I don't know how you would handle and if you have any ideas about this how you would handle like a national military without centralized authoritative force through a government
0: yeah so i don't want to get sidetracked on this because i do want to use you for personal gain here in the the, the time i've got you to address oh yeah and thoughts about that but yeah as as a libertarian as a voluntarist and i know you're smart enough uh so in, in it that you have considered this so maybe to any of your fans who are listening you know, my my invitation to someone of, of Ian's mentality as a libertarian is please consider how the underlying principle of, of force and coercion uh, underpins today's concept of statism, of government as we know it. And that if we looked at that principle and applied ethics universally as libertarians describe it as the non-aggression principle, we get to some very exciting, more immediate prescriptive policy uh, opportunities to to move towards what I share with Ian as a vision of fundamentally, radically transforming what we think of as government to something much more incorporative of technological reality. So, Ian, given given all of that, it, it was a bit of a surprise to you when 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 I when when you said this thing about me on on TimCast, and I thought and was like, no, hey, hey, no, I'm over here. I'm I'm just shadow banned tell can can you tell our audience a little bit just about the events of the last week and and maybe what led you to that misunderstanding
4: yeah a couple one weird thing is like when that 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 like imaginary wall where like i'm talking about you here and you are out there yeah and like you're a person i've never met up until today face to face face basically but like i just so i was like talking about you as if you were like a tv show character almost and then it like Warped my mind when I was like, you were like, hey, Ian, I was like, oh, yeah, don't like don't talk shit about fucking people to save it for their face. If you're going to do it, you know, they're real people. They're right here. Uh, and uh, also the it was like a, a cold bucket of water in the face when I saw that your channel was getting like six to seven hundred views on a video last week when it had 260,000 views that. Bu- so- I, have you ever I've seen? I've never seen those numbers before. that that ratio is is just mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So I I mean I've been two hundred sixty thousand subs. Yeah, yeah. I've been dealing with that for a long time. And and I hate I, I used to make fun of people who would look at me and go like, I'm a libertarian, I'm saying the same thing. How come I'm not getting views? And I'm like, I look at you know, you and Tim and your success with his channel on YouTube. And I go, well, he's doing the, the similar political commentary. And we both got big around Occupy Wall Street. And, you know, if I kept going, I would, I'd be at a million subs and, and and I'd be getting, you know, a few hundred thousand views every day. And instead I'm like peddling along here in irrelevance. And, and I don't want to sit here and be like, you eh, know, that's not fair. You know, I, what the fuck do we do about this? How do I mean, do you, first of all, I, I, how is your understanding of, of how this happens?
4: I think, uh, when something, when a, an account, uh, something happens like a violation of service terms of service or something, probably, maybe the shock when you were down in DC with the shotgun, I don't know if it was right around there, but they'll put you on a blacklist, like, uh, you know,
0: that one stayed up actually,
4: which the one where you went to DC <laughs> epic video, uh, they put the account in a blacklist or a whitelist. Some accounts will go on whitelist. This is from my experience at, at mines. Um, For about seven years, I was an administrator. So doing the behind the scenes. Uh, We didn't have black. I didn't have blacklists, but I did have accounts that I would have to ban. And you'd see the same accounts over and over again. Sometimes people were very good at like just barely avoiding getting banned and they'd be really good at playing around, but but offending, doing real offensive stuff. So like they're on a watch list kind of like, and even if I didn't want to, I would be on the lookout for them as an admin. So I'd be like, oh, look out for that guy. Look out for that guy. And then eventually these places with like, I mean there's no transparency with Google's the, their code is proprietary it's obnoxious. You don't know if they're putting people on 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 trigger lists or whatever but obviously if an account has 260,000 subscribers and it's getting 1000 views on a video there's a that's on some sort of blacklist. I've never worked at Google but I mean that's how tech from my understanding works. And then once that happens the best way off of it is just to make a new account,
0: a new channel. Mm. Is that even worth it? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's very, I, You know what? I, I want to say thank you for giving me, for, for helping me just sort of face up to the simple answer here. Is it like someone at Google just decided like, or because, or, and, and this, this started for me. So like I had a great run on YouTube up until more or less YouTube got bought by Google. And first it was Google AdSense taking over the YouTube ad revenue system. And I went from making $6,000 a month to $2,000 a month overnight. And then that slowly went down to effectively zero. Um, but it, being blacklisted on mines for like legitimate terms of service violations is one thing. Being blacklisted as I am essentially by Google for political reasons. I mean, would you agree, is it fair to say that it's political stuff? I mean, the shotgun was, uh, of, of, in terms of violence that is commonly available on YouTube, loading a shotgun was not violent i don't do snuff videos i don't do porn i don't i'm not particularly graphic um i don't i mean occasionally i get fair use copyright claims but pretty common run-of-the-mill stuff i I mean is is it fair to say that this is a political blacklist
4: i i don't want to assume that it is on a blacklist i don't know um but if it is i would from, i have to see i don't know the, the entirety of the body of your work either but i i could see that something like going down to the capitol doing something then the the feds find mushrooms like that could be enough for an admin to be like oh he's a a risky content guy put him on a list it, it could be i would imagine my guess is that from what i know but i don't I, it's hard because it's all based on an
0: assumption so i don't know yeah. i don't know yeah, if it's a
3: Episode for my channel so it's got to be that they no it's, it's definitely something you.
0: about my channel because like even yesterday's episode that we did got pulled for medical misinformation when it's been mirrored to other people's channels and and, and stayed up there so something about my channel is is, is so and, and maybe this is speculative then um is there a way to appeal to YouTube on this can I get my channel back into fairness can I get yeah.
4: I know. think I, there
0: probably is a way to do
4: that. I don't know what, how, Mike, and I don't know, like with mines, I would, I would say like, I'm not banning the person. If they do something on their account, then the account's going to get a strike. If that account violates it, I ban the account, but I'm not, that person can start a new account. Just different sites will let you do that. Other sites are like, if that person gets one account banned, then if that person shows up again, we're going to go after the person, but I don't think that's not really sen- It's not really common. It doesn't really make much sense to do that. So
0: I don't know. Well, just to be clear, Google minds is operating at like a reasonable level of integrity where Google is nowhere fucking close. So it's a big company. You can't, you know, you can't expect as much as, you know, you have had an experience on, on YouTube. That's been, I mean, I look at it, and I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You have had a fair experience on YouTube where it sort of worked as advertised, as promised, and I've been put on a secret blacklist of some kind, um, if, if that's what it is. So I, I before we get on to the implications, one other theory I have about this is that I'm not on any kind of blacklists and that shadow banning might not even really be a thing except in the sense that the platforms allow political operatives to go on and flag content and 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 you know uh swarm flag content and and and, and it's just if, if they target you your message is suppressed because it's always getting flagged and so my stuff just gets super flagged and then it's at the front of the youtube sense you know algorithm censorship line is it possible it could be you're nodding it that's a yeah yeah it, it could possible. be both it could be both it could be both too yeah, yeah. Maybe both, neither, or something altogether different like that. Yes, Joe? Retribution watching
3: on Odyssey say that says, dude, they wiped so many channels of my friends with no strikes, including his brother's channels. So it looks like they're yanking channels too, with with no strikes, no warning at
0: all. Yeah, so so Ian, this maybe jumping ahead, but gets me to the bigger question because I sometimes I wish that my channel had just been deleted. And I could be like, hey, Google deleted my quarter million sub plus, hundred million plus view channel. Hello. And instead being like shadow banned or just suppressed and censored like this is almost worse because I don't get the the badge of honor of of being (laughs) kicked off of YouTube or the the significant like out like when Alex Jones got kicked off of YouTube, he got national media headlines out of it, you know, and he was able to, to whereas for me, I don't I'm I'm so suppressed right now uh, like I'm, and i'm sitting there, i've got this like you know quarter million sub channel and i'm trying to like rebuild somewhere else And i can't even reach those people it's almost like i'm being forced to start from scratch so like what is your advice to me given that i mean is is you like is youtube even worth fucking with at this point if it's if it's if it's google and maybe it's my name by the by the way i want to point out I've, I've experienced at least one other a uh, major element of fuckery from Google on this where I had a Google alert set up for my name, just Adam Kokesh and like at once a day. And especially when I was running for president, I would get like a dozen hits and it's a lot of it's just old content. Cause my shit get, I've been, I've been making videos and put posting content for so long. It's been so effective and viral in different ways. It gets reposted and stuff. Now my Google alert is like one or two per day. And they're really weird, random esoteric references. And I know, like, even when I get mentioned in other blogs, when I do interviews for other podcasts, I think I'm on some special Google blacklist. Where if you interview me for your channel, you get you get some some of my uh, cooties on you. Hmm. Will scare people.
3: And I mean, I, it's
0: possible. I, I think I, I have to say like, if you I, if you're yeah. really sensitive about maintaining a mainstream channel, don't interview me. I, I I really think I'm on some kind of some kind of broader Google blacklist and the way I feel about this is when people are like how do we
4: stop this this like technological uh what would you call it a monopoly these tech monopolies? how do you stop these these social networks from becoming tech monopolies and they're like break them up like they broke up Rockefeller Standard Oil or whatever but you know if you learn anything from the Rockefeller Standard Oil breakup they, he had stock in all the new companies, so he ended up becoming more powerful than before. They broke up Standard Oil. Now, if they broke up Facebook like they broke up Standard Oil and they broke it up into like Facebook Prime, Facebook Messenger, Facebook Marketplace, all these new Facebooks, Mark Zuckerberg would still have access to the code for all those products. Yeah, and he would go and rebuild that code. So we need to free, not not we don't need to break up these companies like into different little small companies. We need to free their software code so that yep. other people can remake that technology with different, and then they can have their own terms of service because I don't like the idea of making Google not ban you. If Google okay. is a private I'm, company. If it,
0: I'm with well, you. I'm with you 100, I'm with you hundred percent. So it's like, and you're saying like, and intellectual, are you anti IP as a concept? Cause I um, am completely, you know, I guess me, intellectual property as a concept is, is a complete racket. Uh, there's no need to, but, but you're saying that, at least for software code. Uh, yeah, there's
4: a I, th- time and a place for IP. I, I don't want to just uh, too quickly say that I want to abolish it completely, but for big social networks, I feel like they've eclipsed a function in society and now serve as, on the commons, as part of the commons. So we've got to agilely alter our system as such. We've never had internet social networks before, so we need to be I'm with you
0: have, I We only have a few minutes, so I don't want to get sidebarred on this yeah. too much because you and I could rant for hours on blockchain and the evolution of the internet and the evolution of social media but like what do i do and 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 i think i speak for a lot of indip- i i i think i have been uniquely blessed to have a hardcore group of supporters that will find me that will support me at least i get a few hundred dollars a month on on patreon that keeps this going um, I am dumb and stubborn enough. I will, I will speak to 10 people a day if that's all I get If, all, if that's all I'm allowed to connect to, to on the internet. I, I will keep going. but there are a lot of people who had channel who saw what, what I was doing in the libertarian movement in that 2010- 2013 time range and said I can do that too and have struggled or have been, uh similarly shadow banned or shut out or had their there there was a major facebook purge where a lot of people who had businesses around channels or pages just erased um and it makes me wonder too that that what is left then you know the the, the successful libertarians or successful independent media voices they're the ones that google wants you know, to think of the, as as the, the that's who represents libertarianism that's that's who really is the effective voice within the libertarian movement. That's the best we've got is the ones that the censors like. And you go, like, uh, I know you're a, a, attuned to all of these problems. I, I, this is the sort of my big last word, you know, last question in. Uh, help us from your perspective. How do we beat this challenge?
4: I think you've never received like, hey, you're banned messages, I would imagine. So probably spin up a new channel on YouTube um, with a mild rebrand, maybe a couple different camera angles or something. And uh, that would justify it being considered a new show. And, really? I
0: and then, YouTube that way?
4: What's that? You want me to cater
0: to YouTube that well, way? Well, if
4: you want to use YouTube, do it on a new channel. Do I want
0: to use YouTube?
4: I, I like using all the services. I use Facebook, Twitter, Mines, YouTube... Um, it gets a little cumbersome. Like I have all these, these hot keys up along the top of my screen, but it's good to branch out. Cause if you get knocked off on one, then you've got another big group on another. And, um, that's a super, super valuable in this day and age. And, uh, I mean, I, I think mines is like mines is big. The mines token, pro- mines has its own utility token, which is which is pretty fascinating. So that's that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, that's it. What do you uh? You did you seem like you didn't? It wasn't what you wanted to hear. What did you want to? What did you want to hear?
0: Maybe. I. I, I mean. I. I'm always I'm I'm as as a libertarian, I'm like a six-year-old autistic kid with a Rubik's Cube going like, no, no, it still doesn't no, no, it, 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 that's not we have no, it has to just fit together just right and and solve the pattern. And I I, I mean I, I think we could keep going for a long time, you and yeah. I too. And I wanted to ask you more about, you know, why would you think that my message is worthy of, of being and and again allegedly, you know, Google blacklisted. Why is someone saying, you know, like the, this is the real threat to the establishment here? Someone saying, hey, we can dissolve the federal government, hey, we can achieve a voluntary society. Hey, I believe in self-empowerment and, and psychological and emotional freedom and and work freedom and self-sustainability and and everything that and civil disobedience that is and, and living by by lifestyle civil disobedience and wh- like th- what does it tell you that this is the message that you, as you said you have never seen numbers of suppression like this before
4: that i think it's not the message i think it was the way some of the message was delivered in the past just the whole that there was a shotgun involved and in DC. You think I, that
3: one thing is what did him in? Yeah. I don't
4: doubt,
0: This but. was before that actually. Yeah. Before. Actually, this started it, it definitely started it, before that. You were that spitting It was, f- was spring 20, that was, that was July 4, twenty thirteen. It was February, March 2013. Yeah, I that Google AdSense took over YouTube when we started getting that first that we got the first the major revenue hit. And the first major uh, view suppression. I weekend.
4: remember you're you were an animal. I, you're you're just the the fire coming out of your mouth
0: was unparalleled. I had money for rent and to support a, an awesome team of writers and interns to do three hours live five nights a week and twenty minutes scripted five days a week. I can't do that, you know, as as, as a volunteer, you know, and and if it's. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate your advice in terms of broadcast, social media, the multi-platform approach. we're definitely going to talk about minds on, on telegram you and me offline after this. Um, but I feel like there's gotta be some bigger answer to, you know, rebuilding the business that once was Adam versus the man or, um, you know, addressing the bigger problem. And, like, I'm not in it for the money. I don't, to me, this all means to an end. How do we fucking slay the Google monsters if oh. F14 is behind this? The Fediverse, are you familiar with the Fediverse?
4: It's a federated, uh, federva- federated universe, is what it stands for, the feder- Fediverse. And it's a bunch of like interoperable um, social networking technologies like Mastodon. And we're building that out right now. I get together with a group of developers every week and we're getting very close to launching like a piece of software where You'll, you'll download the software package and then install it and it will give you like a, a yeah. dashboard. where SNP,
0: you- Decentralized Social Network Protocol.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, that's what it is. And then you'll be able to upload videos that'll be hosted on the library or Odyssey server or other servers. And then you can have, people can subscribe directly to your content with this service. Uh, yeah. Pay you 10 bucks a month and no one takes, there's a PayPal fee and that's it. So it cuts out the middleman of YouTube, Patreon, Subscribe Star, and you'll just be able to have people subscribing. Um, it can still be banned by like PayPal, like if you're using PayPal as a service, so you can't. It's not really supposed to be unbannable. It's just a way to kind of cut out the middleman and go direct to subscriber because the future is going to be direct to subscriber.
0: All right, Ian, uh, it's this has been so much fun. And I'm so compelled to keep going. You know, we are about to take a three week break and come back in a weekly format. I'm really honored to have someone like you in our corner. I'm definitely going to be talking to you, especially about minds and Odyssey and library and incorporating that into our strategy moving forward. So, um, and, and I, I hope you're honored that, um, I'm keeping an Australian member of parliament who is up late at like two in the morning, his time late coming off the show to finish this interview with you. So that in mind, your final thoughts, it is in crossland.net right is your main that's web. it
4: man hey i love you adam thanks for having me man
0: all right love you too brother ian thank you so much we'll be in touch peace out. all right ladies and gentlemen our guest uh, our next guest on adam versus the man for this very special final episode of the season is none other than australian member of parliament david limbrick he is a representative. Of the southeast metro region in the Victorian Parliament in Australia, he is a longtime advocate of free markets and a free society. Since being elected in 2018, he has tackled issues such as tax and regulation, energy policy, and drug reform. During the pandemic, he has been a leading critic of many aspects of the government's response, and at one point was arrested at a lockdown protest. Uh, it, It. very, very much, I think, in line with the sentiment of our audience prior to being elected, spent much of his career working in business analytics and data warehousing. Um, definitely a, uh, not a career politician, someone who's got some real-world grounding there. Uh, David, it, it, it's such an honor to have you and, and join us from Australia on Australian Time with The Difference. I know you're, you're joining us in the middle of the night to do this. And it is is a great testament to your commitment to what you see as the, the greater cause of your political activism. I think it's fair to call it that when someone is a politician, even elected to your level, for the right reasons. Um, I think I think I, I would like to honorarily include you as an as an activist here, David. I don't know where you want to start from this, uh, but if you would please at least introduce yourself to your to, to this audience and know, what people need to know sort of background about the Australian parliamentary political
5: system, perhaps in contrast to the American system. Thank you so much for having me for a start. And um, thank you for the wonderful intro- introduction. So, um, yeah, so like I'm from a, a, a minor party in Australia. So in, in, in Australia, we have a proportional voting system, which allows uh, minor parties to get elected, basically, um, a, and unlike the American system, um, it's it, it it allows you know smaller parties such as my party. So my party is a, a effectively a libertarian party. We're called the Liber, Liberal Democrats. I know that means something very different to Americans, but um, uh, basically we're a classical liberal or a libertarian party, and so. I was elected in 2018. Our party's been around for about 20 years in Australia. Um, we've, had, we've got two members in the Victorian Upper House, which is like a state senate. So I'm from Victoria. And um, so we've got two members in the Upper House in, in our state senate in Victoria. And um, yeah, so one of the big things that's happened, of course, over the last uh, you know, a couple of years now, is the pandemic response and australia has had you know even before the pandemic we had this sort of what we call you know i'm not sure whether americans would be familiar with the term nanny state you know the idea that the government should be um taking control over people's lives for their own benefit right so uh you know the idea that you know Individuals shouldn't be allowed to make decisions for, th- for themselves because you know they might hurt themselves. And during the pandemic, what we've seen in Victoria is um, this has been accelerated to levels that we were we previously were un- unimaginable. And so, currently in Victoria, uh, in Melbourne, so I, I I live in the city of Melbourne. Um, um, we are under day 210 or something, of uh, 215 even, of lockdown. Now, what lockdown means is that um, no citizen, uh, no person in Victoria can uh, travel from more than five kilometres from their house. Um, they're only allowed to leave their house for five different reasons. They're allowed to leave their house to buy uh, food and essential supplies. They're allowed to leave their house for uh, medical treatment. They're allowed to leave their house to provide medical aid to someone, and they're allowed to, uh, or to provide medical aid to someone, and they're allowed to leave their house to uh, receive a vaccine. That's it. Um, uh, We also have a curfew. Um, If you're outside of your house from between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m., um, you can be uh, fined by the police. uh, freedom of assembly is effectively uh, illegal, um, so protests are illegal, and there have been protests. Um, so we are in a very, very uh, serious uh, situation in Victoria at the moment. Um, now we have no real sort of end in sight of you know when this is going to end. Um, the government has said to us at the twenty third of uh, at the twenty third of uh, December, uh, uh, the twenty third of uh, September, um, if we reach certain vaccination targets, um, they're going to increase our outdoor exercise time from two hours a day to three hours a day, and our travel radius from five kilometers to ten kilometers. Um, so, mm-hmm. for someone that calls themselves like like I do as a libertarian or a classical liberal, um, Mm -hmm. this is a very uh, extreme state of affairs and very depressing state of affairs. And the reason that I'm talking to you is because, you know, I want the world to know um, how, um, you know, what's going on in Australia at the moment because it's it's shocking. It's shocking to me and it should be shocking to anyone that's looking from... from outside our country into Australia. Um, We're not allowed, by the way, we're not allowed to cross state borders. Um, We have, in Australia, we have what we thought were constitutional protections to uh, cross state borders uh, freely. Um, It's it's turned out that those constitutional protections uh, aren't uh, valid in the courts. They've been challenged in the courts and uh, individual states have shut down state borders so we can't cross state borders. Um, we can't even leave the country. Um, if we want to leave the country, we need a permit to leave our country. Um, so Australia is in a very dire situation at the moment, especially in Victoria and uh, New South Wales, where Sydney is. And yeah, um, it, it's, it's, it's a very uh, depressing situation for anyone that cares about liberty in in the Western world.
0: Well, yeah, David, I so then let's take this interview, since you want to jump right into it here, as the cautionary tale to the world, uh, not just for you know, our sake in the United States, but for everybody to learn from this. So let's uh, really kind of back up and, and tell the story of what's been happening in Australia. And, and uh, you mm-hmm. want to focus on Victoria, not just as the area that you represent, but as a particularly bad case of COVID hysteria, I mean, let, I want to establish some fundamental perspective, maybe understandings and language so that, that there's there's no ambiguity when we talk about the rest of this. Uh, yeah. that what is first so what is your take on the virus itself?
5: Okay, so when when COVID first came about, uh and we started getting cases in australia in victoria um we uh underwent you know these lockdowns um and suppressed it we were, and we were actually very successful in suppressing it so there was there was no, we ended up suppressing it down to zero and so we sort of got into this sort of um mindset of COVID zero that we could Through public health measures, through government controls, we could suppress this virus and we could stop it coming in. And so we set up, you know, hotel with these quarantine systems that, uh, you know, people coming into the country would have to go through quarantine systems and uh, we would be able to stop the virus coming in and it would buy us time. And uh, for for a certain time, it did buy us time. you know, we we had some outbreaks from quarantine, and um, you know there was outbreaks of uh, COVID within Victoria. But then after a while, um, you know, we got down to COVID zero, and we had what we called these—you know—they called them donut days. You know, donuts as in zero, um, right. because there was zero zero transmissions. And so, you know, people were celebrating these donut days and stuff like this. But of course, it was a bit of a fantasy because. You know, you look at the rest of the world and, you know, um, uh, it's sort of transmitting and, you know, thinking that we're sort of can David, we sorry. can remain isolated from the rest of the world forever is crazy. Right. So
0: David, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt because it sounds like you're jumping ahead already. Yeah, want, yeah, yeah. I want to go to the narrative of what's happening in Australia. When I say like, what's your take on the virus itself? How bad is it? How deadly is it? How worried should we be? How much should society respond? How much should there be a government response? Yeah, yeah. The, give me those kinds of that that foundational understanding. What is the threat of the virus?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that you know the virus does pose a threat to people who are uh, uh, elderly or who have uh, underlying. Um, medical conditions that would, you know, um, make them susceptible to a disease, but, you know, compared to other diseases, um, you know, like for instance, you know, compared to other preventable things like, you know, uh, harm from smoking, for example, um, it's not, not particularly, uh, different to that and other diseases have not been, uh, you know, I think we've overreacted is, is, is what I'd say. Like, there's certainly a danger. There's certainly, um, you know, there's certainly uh, risk from the disease, but the risk is only in certain uh, cohorts of the population. Okay, so, and <laughs>
2: so to
0: parse apart, is it this much like the flu or that much like the flu? You're saying whatever the risk of the virus actually is, it's in the realm of other existing diseases other existing hazards of human life and the the hyper-response is from the get-go entirely unjustified.
5: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, like, yes, there's, uh, uh, yes, there is a danger from this disease as there is a danger from many other diseases that we get every year. Um, Yes, there is probably uh, more danger from this than from, you know, what we've maybe seen with other flu pandemics. But certainly the response that we've seen, in my opinion, is uh, very disproportionate to the threat posed by the disease itself. Um, Yeah. So we've had this massive uh, uh, with the lockdowns and, and, and the government response. Um, what we've seen is this uh, very very disproportionate response and I don't think and I think that many Australians now are starting to wake up to the fact that uh, the response itself is causing so much harm that uh, people are questioning whether the cure 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 quote well. unquote is worse than than the disease and you know it, it, especially with children you um, you know, uh, we've got children now that have been
0: well, locked up
5: for hundreds of days. David, if you don't mind, I want to I
0: want to go back to the premise of this. Mm, mm. I want to under, understand the experience of mm. Victoria province and Australia specifically. What you're saying, if this is true, that the virus is just this normal risk, and that the response is entirely unjustified. And I, I might be presuming here, but that in Australia, the effect of this has been to give government more power and to make certain people extremely rich at the expense of everybody else. That makes it fundamentally criminal, does it not?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, certain uh, industries have done very well. Uh, So small businesses have been, in many cases, annihilated. Um, You know, things like restaurants, for example, um, they've been, you know, you you can't run a restaurant at the moment. Um, They've been, you know, doing takeaway and stuff like that. Other businesses have been doing quite well. Um, You know, large um, supermarket chains, for example, have been doing very well. Um, Certain other businesses have been doing well but uh, our economy is uh, being crippled in many ways. Um, Victoria in particular was was very dependent on foreign students. Um, that was one of our biggest industries actually is uh, lots of students come to Australian universities to stay here and study and pay lots of money and um, they're not here anymore. And um, mm. we're, we're in a situation now where we, Imagine that we will reopen and that everything will go back to normal. And I am worried. I'm very concerned that uh, we will reopen and nothing will go back to normal. We will be in this new world that we have never experienced before.
0: Okay. I want to cover one more big sort of preliminary topic before we get into the Mm. texture of the lockdowns. And I know we've got a lot of questions about that because like we've seen, I've, I've, I've been seeing some of these questions on screen here. We're going to come back to that, but I, I want to cover from the experience of again, Victoria and Australia, how did it start? And, and what I mean by that is it, how did the hysteria start? How did the hysteria turn into policy? But then the bigger question to set up, the next you know where we go from this part of, of this conversation i hope is why were you particularly vulnerable to criminal policy and COVID
5: hysteria so what what the government did is effectively they handed over control to health bureaucrats so the government has been all along saying they're following the health advice, right? So, what they're really doing is they're just taking advice from health bureaucrats, and they have very, very narrow KPIs. Like their sort of KPI is, you know, they're being told you have to reduce the the disease, right? And of course, A KPI, you, what is, is, the, so the, I the key performance indicator. So, you know, they 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 said they've said you need to uh, reduce the transmission of disease, okay? And so what we've ended up with is this situation where we have emergency powers now, so they have like almost unlimited power to do pretty much whatever they want. Um, And we're in this situation where they are totally focused on removing the disease and ignoring all of the costs and when i'm talking about costs i'm not talking about just money costs although there are very uh s- severe financial costs of what they're doing i'm yeah. talking about human costs as well and um a lot of those are being uh you know they, they're sort of it's gotten to the point now where they can't ignore those costs anymore because they're so severe like um you know we, we, we have. Uh, a, a mental health crisis now in Victoria which is totally out of control we have um, you know children uh, presenting with um, uh, to emergency pa- departments of hospitals with self-harm at levels that we've never seen in our history um you know this this, this is absolutely shocking I've been talking to um, doctors and psychologists psychiatrists who are talking about you know, they've always seen teenagers who've had, you know, mental health issues and stuff like this. They're talking about, you know, children uh, eight to 10 years old who are are contemplating suicide because they've been locked in their house like for hundreds of days now. And um, I'm very uh, concerned that what the government is doing, the consequences are going to end up with a, a generational uh, catastrophe for you know the mental health of children
0: yeah i know we're seeing that in the united states and and one of the things that's been shocking to me is how long it has taken the mainstream to face up to that you know for for mainstream america to just kind of admit to themselves you know how how bad this has been for kids but i want to go back again to the, the sort of political structure, as you said, they handed it over to health experts. Mm. Uh, I, there, 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 there was, a, at one point in the United States, when we saw some of the protests ending in, in pretty brutal arrests and, and arrests of, of hundreds of Australians, we saw, uh, I, I saw a lot of memes about, like, this is what happened when the government takes your guns, you know, and, and I know that there have been there have been other countries around the world um, and, I, and I remember seeing, for example, like in Indonesia, they were making people dig graves if they didn't, you know, comply, like for, for not complying with COVID policy. It hasn't gotten to that kind of crude brutality of police state enforcement because that was not quite... You, Australian first world police state expectations had at least moved past you know that kind of shit, and that there was there was some institutional accountability that prevented random craziness like that. But uh, can you can you speak to what unique? I mean, does, I, it's kind of speculative? I don't think it's like well because we couldn't shoot back, they ran, they walked all over us. Is it is it, how relevant are things like that structurally pre-COVID? That that you think may have contributed to your vulnerability to hysteria and and this this surge of criminal government policy.
5: Yeah, look, it's it's hard to know. Like, I mean, I've always always been concerned about uh, government overreach, and one of the things that I've done that sort of many other members of parliament haven't done is. Uh, started going to protests and and witnessing. You know, I wanted to witness. You know, firstly, I wanted to witness the police response to the protest, and I also wanted to witness. You know, and listen to what the protesters had to say because I I consider that part of my job to listen to what people have to say and why they're why they're upset. And last year, uh, around June, there was a protest that was um, actually around uh, aboriginal deaths in custody and it was sort of in uh, solidarity with you know the black lives matter movement in the u.s and Mm. um, you know there's a lot of we have very different history in australia but um, there's a lot of problems with um, aboriginal over uh, you know indigenous people over incarceration in australia and There was a big protest. There was about 15,000 people. This was in the middle of, you know, pandemic restrictions. And uh, to my surprise, I went along to this protest. I got Mm -hmm. uh, demonized in the media for going to the protest and witnessing it. But to my surprise, the police uh, handled it very well. They allowed people to exercise their right to freedom of assembly. And uh, the protest resulted in no uh, transmissions of COVID. And so i was very happy with that um you know even though i got demonized in the media but, so hold,
0: hold on did you get because you i would expect that the the, the the mainstream media liberal sympathies that they they would have been sympathetic to this was they it were. they were critical they were. of protesting during
2: COVID?
5: well they were very sympathetic to the protest they weren't sympathetic to a member of parliament going along uh especially someone like me who's a libertarian um and, uh, you know, they, they were upset about that. But, you know, I was happy with the way that the protest was managed and handled by the government because, you know, the police were ready for trouble. You know, as with every protest, there was a few troublemakers and, you know, a few ratbags or whatever. But it was no, no real problem. But then there, there was other protests I went to. Um, there was another protest I went to witness, which was in uh, support of uh, people in uh, Hong Kong. Um, So, we have a lot of uh, refugees from Hong Kong and and China in Australia, especially in Victoria, and um, they were showing uh, solidarity with the people of Hong Kong. And that protest also was uh, very uh, well organized, and the police allowed them to exercise their right to peaceful assembly, and I was quite happy with the way that that was managed. However, what happened later was that people started protesting the lockdowns themselves. Then the police response changed dramatically. Um, they started uh, arresting people, um, uh, you know, using uh, less lethal weapons against them. And mm-hmm. um, eventually, I went along to one last year in November, and um, I I was going along just to uh, witness it. I wasn't planning on staying there. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting arrested with along with the rest of the protesters and. You know, I witnessed some terrible things. Um, You know, people were pepper sprayed for, you know, no particular reason that I could see and um, treated very poorly. Uh, They were, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, they were arrested for uh, breaching restrictions of gathering in groups of uh, 10 or more. So we have restrictions, you're not allowed to gather in a group of 10 or more, but the police cordoned people and surrounded them and... Force them into tight groups of around (laughs) 200. 200. Yeah, and then arrest, then process them one by one, one by one. They process them. Um, And I was very shocked at that. And it's escalated from there. So people have continued protesting against the lockdowns. And only a couple of weeks ago, they started using uh, new. Uh, less lethal weapons against the protesters. So they started using, uh, you know, uh, baton rounds. Um, maybe you're familiar with those, that like rubber bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the first time I've ever seen those used in Victoria. Um, one man that was uh, injured with those, suffered severe uh, abdominal injuries. He was told by his doctor if he had it been hit with it in the chest or the head with it, it would have killed him. Mm. Um, they also started using uh, pepper, Pepper bullets, Um, yeah. yeah, So they're like a semi-automatic weapon that uh, sprays pepper bullets, and they also started using Mm. uh, tear gas. Now they hadn't they hadn't been using these sort of weapons before, Um, and I'm very concerned at the um, the difference in uh, the way that people's rights, so the right to peaceful assembly, has been. Uh, treated depending on what they're actually protesting about. Um, I think this is a very yeah. grave sure. thing in a democracy when government gets to choose how uh, you know how people are treated uh, depending on you know what the issue is that they're protesting about. Um, this this is a very uh, concerning development.
0: So I, I want to encourage questions from the audience at this point, particularly concerning the texture. Of the lockdowns, because in the United States, uh, we've had a relatively mild go of it. As as bad as it seems here, uh, we we are gripped with hysteria still. Uh, I'd Mm -hmm. like to think psychologically, the American people at this point are starting, uh, are at least significantly out of the hysteria phase of it. But we are still very vulnerable to the next scare, the the Mu variant, or the, the next variation, or perhaps, uh, you know, a new bio threat altogether. Uh, 1054 asks, on YouTube, the only things with open international travel are propaganda and hyperbole. Thank you for that comment. Yes. <laughs> um, but David, to the, the texture, you mentioned earlier, 215 days. Uh, we've seen different headlines. But it's kind of hard to get a sense of the scope of what it means to be under lockdown you described it very well before uh has it been that the entire time and with those uh limitations that you said have people been able to kind of work around the allowances and you know like well if i'm carrying a spoon i'm going out to get food you know you know they're able to get away with tricks like that Mike Freeman also asks questions. So the government is blaming the people for getting the virus and their response to it. Yes, yes, we know the game there for propaganda. But uh, if you can speak to that that, that, that kind of texture of the lockdowns, what's daily life actually been like? And, and, and has it been that bad consistently throughout these 215
5: days? So we're in, currently we're in lockdown six. So what's happened is there's been a lockdown then they've eased restrictions, and then there's been another lockdown, then they've eased restrictions, then there's been another lockdown. And Mm -hmm. what's happened is each time they've eased out of a lockdown, the freedoms that they've returned have been less and less, and the lockdowns have been more and more uh, severe. And the current lockdown Mm -hmm. that we find ourselves in, which is lockdown six, you know, currently we're at, you know, I think it's around 215 days or something, um, which you know is over the total of all of the lockdowns. Um, I I I think that the damage to both the, the the mental health and the economic damage has been catastrophic to our state. Um, it's 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 especially to children, but to uh, families, um, to people who've lost their businesses. Um, if you walk through Melbourne, Melbourne used to be an international cosmopolitan city. Um, if you walk through Melbourne at the moment, it it, it brings tears to my eyes to see, um, you know, felice signs everywhere, you know, empty businesses, you know, even if I get asked um, by people, you know, uh, for a recommendation for a restaurant, you know, in between a lockdown, when a restaurant might open, you know, my team and I, we said, oh, well, let's go out for lunch. And I, I said, oh, we'll go to this restaurant. And we went to this restaurant that I used to go to for years. I worked in the city for years before I be, became involved in politics. And um, they'd closed down. The the doors were locked. Um, you know, they had envelopes under the door. The lights were turned off. They, they were gone. And, um, you know, we're, we're in this really sad situation where um, so many businesses and so many lives have been uh, destroyed by what the government has done so specific question you
0: want to get that back up on screen from our friend healthy disrespect for authority what do people that live more than five kilometers from the nearest grocery store gas slash
5: gas station uh good question um you can technically go more than five k's if that's your nearest grocery store or gas station, but you know why would you need to go to a gas station because you know you can't travel anywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's some people that are classified as essential workers. So if you want to, if you're one of the essential workers, um, then you need to get a uh, uh, worker permit. So you need to apply to the government to be able to work. Um, and only very limited number of people are actually allowed to work. Uh, the rest of us have to, you know, stay at home. You know, I well, I'm a, I'm privileged. I'm a member of parliament, so I'm an essential <laughs> worker, apparently. Um, but uh, you know, how would we people, survive without politicians,
0: David? Yeah, how would
5: we survive without politicians? Yeah. Um, so you know, it, but you know, I, 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 my heart goes out to people who especially small business people who've spent their life building up these businesses that um, they can't operate. Um, Yeah, it's terrible. So as as the cautionary tale here, we see
0: Australia going to different forms of digital control. Mike Freeman has a great question on this on YouTube. What's up with the digital monitoring bill that was just passed that allows the government to edit your data and that, that that was, that's like, so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you have the, the, the app that scans your face and pings you with a text. Hold on, leave that comment up. I want to read the whole thing there. But the, 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 one of the recent headlines we covered, pull, pull that comment back up, please. One of the recent comments or, or headlines that we covered out of Australia was about a bill that would allow government to, as it says, edit your data like and, and I know this sounds like hypothetical scary but even coming anywhere close to this would have sounded like a I got labeled as a wild conspiracy theorist for saying that this is possible government fuckery with the internet uh, but it sounds like like they could you could write a post and they could actually change the post like you put words in your mouth and that that that's a whole other line Uh, He goes on, also, doesn't this mean that the government can insert incriminating data to your device?
5: Yeah, I mean, this this bill, so, I mean, the other thing that we've had to do is everywhere we go, um, so every shop that you have to go to, even if you go to a playground, um, you need to scan a QR code now to tell the government where you've been. So every time you go to a shop, you need to scan a code to say, I've been here. And the purpose the, the the purpose of this is so that they can trace you know if there's a disease outbreak they can trace it. Um, but yeah, they've also uh, recently put through this federal legislation. Um, so I, I'm a I'm a state uh, senator, but um, in the federal level, they have put the, through this new legislation that allows the federal police to um, effectively infiltrate your social media accounts and uh, edit things and do things with it. Um, I, I don't know whether they, you know, you know, insert incriminating data or not, but, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, scary stuff that they're trying to do at the moment. And the other thing that we're talking about now, of course, they term it vaccine passports. Um, I, I call it medical apartheid. So the state government in Victoria now is talking about, you know, allowing... Um, people who are vaccinated to participate in the economy and people who are not uh, to not participate in certain areas of the economy. And so what I've been talking about now and I'm very concerned about is that the government is in reality creating this sort of apartheid system where we're going to end up with this uh, underclass of people who are unable to... To participate in the economy because of their personal uh, medical choices. Now, you know, I, I I'm, uh, you know, neutral on whether people should get vaccinated or not. I think it's, you know, I think uh, the libertarian view should be that it's a personal choice of people that sure. um, they. If no, they you, choose-
0: cer- you certainly have the right to fall for a scam and a fraud if you
5: want. <laughs> well, pe- people, people can choose to, 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 you know do whatever medical conditions or whatever they want to do with their bodies. It's, it's none of the government's business in my view. And, um, you know, if, if, if people want to take a vaccine, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm, I've got no problem with that at all. And if they don't want to take a vaccine, I'm totally fine with that as well. But the problem that we have now is that they're talking about, um, effectively discriminating against those who choose, uh, to not take a vaccine and, uh, exclude them from the economy in in ways that we're not quite sure exactly how they're going to do that yet but they're talking about things like um, you know you won't be able to attend uh, you know pubs you won't be able to attend uh, events you won't be able to attend uh, certain uh, venues um, uh, and um, you know they're talking about this quite openly now Um, I've come out very hard against this Uh, I feel that um, you know, we have the two major parties in Australia are the Liberal Party and the Labor Party. The Liberal Party, I suppose, could be roughly compared to the Republican Party in the United States, and the Labor Party could be roughly compared to the Democrats, mm-hmm. but they sort of joined forces here. And um, at sure. a federal and a state level, they've sort of created what they call a national cabinet, and they've all sort of joined forces and uh, cooperated on this plan. And so there's no real opposition to it, apart from, you know, minor parties such as myself, who are, you know, speaking out against it. But um, it's it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter because we have got this duopoly. Uh, you know, I know you've got the same sort of problem in the United States where you've got this duopoly that sort of decided to do this thing and they've decided to do it together and, um, you know, there's no real opposition to it, so it's 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 quite concerning.
0: So I want to go back to something you said earlier about the pattern of lockdowns. Let's see. Um, oh, a specific question here first: healthy disrespect for authority. Does he know what has happened to Alan Jones? Did he get fired from SNA? I don't know the name or the reference.
2: Uh,
5: I think so. Alan Jones is a um, a. Uh, Uh, a a popular um, uh, TV person. I I don't think he's got fired. I think... I don't know, actually. I I think he's uh, just on holidays, so (laughs) I'm not sure, but yeah, anyway.
0: Okay, so, David, the bigger question I want to get into here, you said that the six lockdowns... um... All right. Not all these... (laughs) we get that off? Um, The pattern of the lockdowns, you said you're on number six, and each one has been worse than the other. I, I want to know if that is a pattern, if that's uh, like fundamental to the nature of this thing that when it started, it was like, well, we're going to have a lockdown when it fails. Inevitably, if we're going to do it again, in order to justify doing it again, it's going to have to be locked down harder. And if that fails, and we decide we're going to do it. It's going to have to be more intense than that, and if that's the case, does that suggest a kind of progression to a breaking point? If they, I mean, how much how much worse that can, can they get? And do, 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 do the people of Australia see that pattern Is this kind of emerging to them as as obvious in terms of what you said of uh, an awareness of the cure being worse than the disease?
5: Look, I think they reached. Um the limits of what they can do with lockdowns, um, you know, the, 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 the breaking point really for lots of people and for myself um, was, you know, uh, that they, they, they've shut down schools for a long time. And I've been very concerned about the harms on children. And a few weeks ago, I was planning on going into parliament and questioning the government about, you know, how we're going to open up schools and stuff like that. And instead of opening up schools, what they did was shut down the playgrounds. Um, now the playgrounds were one of the few things that parents could do with their children. They could go out to the playgrounds. The kids could go down the slides and you know play, do normal things. And they shut down the playgrounds. And um, my colleague, my um, colleague Tim Quilty and I, um, we we staged a protest, which was sort of not really a protest but it was a protest on the steps of parliament i think i um, i can probably share the picture of it um so one of the things that mps have is protests are banned at the moment right but um uh mps members of parliament have parliamentary privilege so uh we are not able the the police are not able to stop us conducting work okay on, on our place of business so we sat out the front front of parliament mm-hmm. and we said open the parks and let kids play and we sat there because they closed down parliament so parliament wasn't sitting and we sat there and we i was prepared to sit there for days um but uh what ended up happening is lots and lots of people ended up coming in and talking to us and and um uh it was getting close to curfew and the police were getting uh, agitated and I was very concerned that members of the public were gonna start getting arrested and dragged away and stuff like that. So we pulled the plug on it before curfew. So mm-hmm. we only only ended up sitting there about you know six hours or something. I I wanted to stay there longer, but um uh yeah, I didn't I didn't want to see members of the public getting uh arrested now here's the thing right if i had have you know called a protest like if i had have said you know let's protest out the front of parliament at the moment it's illegal to have a protest so i would have been arrested for incitement and in fact we've had lots of people arrested for incitement for you know even just putting up a facebook event saying let's meet at this place to protest yep. against the yep, government those stories yeah Great. you get arrested for incitement and um So, you know, I I said uh, very clearly to people, do not come and join Tim and I um, because, you know, we don't want to get arrested for incitement and um, we don't want people getting arrested for breaching um, uh, directions, emergency directions. But um, we wanted to make a point and they did end up opening the playgrounds sort of, um, but now you can go to the playground, but only with one parent. Um, you have to check in with a QR code and children over 12 aren't allowed to go to the playground. So if you have children that are under 12 and over 12, um, that's you can't go. And if you've got a mum and dad, you can't go together. And if you go there, you're not allowed to remove your mask to have a coffee or a drink. Um,
0: so, so, David, I, I, in the United, I got to ask. I, I, now I got to make fun of you. Because yeah, this, this, is, this is just fucking insane. It's
5: like insane. In United- yes. No, I agree. I agree. Totally. In the
0: United States, we have some check on power in the exercise of public ridicule when there's so much differentiation in policy from like one state to another to another. And... Like some of the we 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 make memes, you know, where you got guy stands up and oh, COVID hits him in the face. But if he sits down at a restaurant table, no, the COVID goes yeah, yeah. over his head, you know. And it's yeah. like, well, hey, why don't we just get restaurant tables in schools instead of desks? Because you can't yeah. get COVID if you're at a restaurant table, obviously. But then I I I gotta say, on behalf of the rest of the world, hey Australia. Are you fucking daft? like what the fuck is like like at what point do you do you realize this does not make any sense? that there's no logical consistency that this is just hysteria born of misplaced fear combined with criminal actors in government taking advantage of the situation, doing things that make no sense from the perspective of the right thing of what's right for the virus, but make sense from the perspective of haha, we're gonna take advantage of you and rip you off because you're gullible fucking idiots. Like at what point does does Australian pride kick in and just go, you know what, weren't weren't we weren't we a colony of outlaws at some point? Weren't we like, weren't we a bunch of badasses and 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 rebels and punks at, at some point in our wasn't that part of what it meant to be Australian at least. And, and I know there's a lot more complexity to the history than that, but I, I just can can we appeal to some kind of Austra- Australian national pride and be like, "Wow, you guys have turned into a bunch of pussies! What what the fuck yeah, well, is going on over there?" And
5: like, come on, on behalf of Australia, lo- can, lo- can you take that question, sir? There's a there's a lot of people that that there's a lot of people that want to fight back. Um, there's a lot of people that have that are scared of the government. Um, you know the government. You know they opened fire on protesters the other weekend. You know with these less lethal weapons. Um, it's pretty scary stuff. But you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm talking to you know international people such as yourself, Adam, because I think that you know uh, one of the things that will help us is uh, an international perspective on you know the outside world looking at Australia. And you know, looking at us and saying, you know, what you guys are doing is insane. Because I think what we're doing is insane. And you know, I I, I saw videos and I shared them on Twitter. And maybe you would have seen it. You know, like of um, in uh, Virginia, they they had the college football. You know, I don't know anything about American football, but you know, I I, I looked at their vaccination rates. Their vaccination rates are not too far different from Victoria, and. They've got these massive, you know, events with <laughs> massive sporting events with, you know, people just living their lives and, yeah. and living freely. And um we're we're literally locked in our houses. We can't leave our house without a valid reason from the government. And if we travel more than five kilometers, we'll get a fine. Like this is this is insane. Like I, uh, I- I need I need to take I, I know
0: you're a libertarian but you're still a politician so I need to translate to the internet yeah. some of what you just said. We have just heard from an Australian MP hereby calling on the internet that is the rest of the world outside of Australia the meme machine, the dark recesses of of the funky web, all the weird shit, all the meme factories, all of the righteous trolls to come out, and help David bring Australia <laughs> to its senses by brutally making fun of it as much as you possibly can. Keep the memes coming, because yes, as as that comment said, it's like Australia has turned into a prison colony again, and and it should be embarrassing. And maybe maybe a little friendly shame from the global community, delivered with some some good humor, can can do a little good here. And and I hope that this has some value in the international perspective and 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 that maybe in places like australia that 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 international perspective of of ridicule can help people go yeah we need to stop doing this
5: i I, I gotta tell you adam i gotta tell you that um you know like the 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 sadness that i've felt to see um you know what's happened to my country so quickly um is, is is real. Um, you, know, uh, you know as someone you know, I, I know that you and I both are, are strong believers in, in freedom right and yeah. to see it fall so quickly uh, yeah. is, a, is, is a cautionary tale yes uh, to the rest of the world on how quickly our liberty can be lost. and Australia has gone from a, a, a free country, relatively free country, to a country that has curfews that are more strict than, you know, Pyongyang at the moment um, within 18 months. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, my message to the rest of the world is that um, guard your, guard your freedoms uh, as, as closely as you can, because um, they can, they can be taken away so very quickly. And, you know, I hope that, you know, I'm an optimist. I think that, you know, We'll fight. We'll get them back. Um, I hope that we'll get them back um, bigger and better than what we had before. But um, you know, at the moment, Australia, especially in Victoria, we're in a very, very dark place. And um, uh, you know, any any sort of uh, you know any any anyone from the rest of the world that um, cares about freedom and looks at how quickly we've fallen in Victoria. Um, should be concerned, and yes. you know, I, I hope that the rest of the world has 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 some sort of sympathy for what's happened here because I, I, it's absolutely outrageous.
0: No, I'm 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 glad you went that way with it because I do want to end on that serious positive note of the lessons and the cautionary tale and and how it can be applied. And I, I stand by my comedy, not that it's good, but that. No. It's- <laughs> strategically the right course. Uh, yeah, that yeah, we, yeah. That we need to maintain a sense of humor in this and that there is a sense of fear that is driving this and humor yeah. and love and compassion need to be a part of this. But if someone is overwhelmed with fear and hysteria, if you can get them to stop and laugh at themselves, I think that's, that's critically valuable in the spirit in which we learn, we apply these lessons and the conversation that we take from from this understanding now. So finally, my last question, sir, two parts. How does this end for Australia and how do we help it learn from that to help get the rest of the world over this period of COVID hysteria?
5: I'm not sure how it ends for Australia. I know how I'd like it to end for Australia. Um, You know, my party has put forward a policy. We've said, let's just set a date. Um, let's just set a date. We've said December 4th. By December 4th, every restriction we should be removed. We'll call it Freedom Day. We'll say like everything should go. Um, You know, that's how I'd like it to end. Um, I'm not sure that's how it's going to end. Um, it's, It's hard to see how we get out of this. You know, they're talking about, you know, international travel as if it's, you know, like I look at Things, you know, people traveling around to different countries and, you know, the United States might as well be Mars for all, for all Australians mm. are concerned, you know, it's just impossible for us to travel overseas. I can't even travel, you know, interstate, you know, into another state within Australia. You know, people can't even travel more than five kilometers from their house. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not sure how this ends. They, they, they keep talking about, you know, increasing the vaccination rate. Uh, to a certain level, but you know, I'm not certain that they'll actually get to that level. And I think that the means that they're using to uh, coerce, you know, I, I see it as coercion uh, is is wrong. Uh, it, it's immoral, and um, you know, uh, if people are going to take medical procedures, they should have uh, informed consent. And I think that things like uh, you know, vaccine passports, or you know, this medical apartheid totally invalidates any form of medical informed consent because, you know, you've been coerced into something that you may not want to do. Uh, so I, I I see big problems yeah. here. And what concerns me even more is the precedent that we're setting. Um, you know, what's going to happen next time there's something like this? You know, right. will they use these emergency powers again? I'm really worried about the precedent. But, you know, being an optimist, I think that it is possible to get out of this Um, Like, one thing that I've noticed, one thing about Australia, like America, is that we're a country with lots of immigrants and lots of people that came to Australia came from countries that were authoritarian regimes. And I've always said for a long time, you know, and ever since I've been elected, I've talked with, you know, refugee groups, right? These people understand freedom better than anyone else because they've had it taken away from them. And my hope for the future is that, Because everyone in Australia now, to some degree, has had their liberty taken away from them, that they will cherish it more than ever. And especially the children that have had their liberty taken away in such a dramatic fashion that going forward, they will uh, uh, cherish it and guard it far more closely than they have in the past. That's my hope for the future. Absolutely. Right on. We can all hope that this is uh, something we come out of with that kind of positive
0: momentum. Thank you so much for staying up through the middle of the night with us on Australia time for this interview, sir. Greatly appreciate it. Your party website. How can people connect with you? Anything else you want to plug?
5: Yeah. So um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, um, it's uh, David Limbrick. If you just do a search for David Limbrick on uh, Facebook, on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter. Uh, My party website is uh, www.ldp.org.au. Yeah. And please uh, come and follow me on Twitter. I'd love to uh, interact with you and speak with people. And, and, you know, mostly, of course, my followers are Australian, but um, I love talking to Americans as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. What a wonderful last
0: interview for the season. Now, if you'll all indulge me here, I got a pile of headlines we didn't get to, and we're two hours into the show. We're not gonna wrap up on time anyway. Wow! Uh, give me give me ten minutes. You, you, Joey? You wanna do that? We'll just take a hit and just read read headlines. And I feel like I I'm feel like I'm like complete for the season. I don't have to do this again.
3: That's it. This, this is it. I mean, you gotta do a proper sign off, man. This
0: is all right. You're is in for super fast.
3: Tomorrow, right? We're gonna well, tomorrow. tomorrow is the, the sign off. But sign today off, but... is the
0: last full proper episode of the season. So here it is. The Guardian.com. Bosses turn to tattleware to keep tabs on employees working from home. Evolution of technology cutting the wrong way. Don't worry, it'll cut the right way too. Vice.com. They follow you on Instagram, then use your face to make deep fake. Horn in this sex extortion scam. The police say it signals a new wave of cyber crimes. I say it signals a new wave of people finally accepting nothing on the internet is real. The Wall Street Journal wallets are over. Your phone is your everything now. We saw this one coming, didn't we? Mobile payments replacing credit cards was just the start digital versions of your work ID driver's license and other card holdouts are coming to your smartphone. Now, it's scary for me in the sense that like, like I don't like keeping money in checking accounts because I've had checking accounts shut down. A lot of people have access. People I don't trust because they have my debit card info. People I don't trust have access to my checking account. I don't like that. I don't keep money there. I don't trust it. But that's my interface with the mainstream dollar economy if I need to use it. I should have a shift card, right? Be able to send crypto to dollars, spend it like that. That gives me hope that we have the way around this, even if they go to the point where cash is just not a thing anymore. APnews.com, no cashiers, please. Futuristic supermarket opens in Mideast. Yeah, that's that's the that's that's gonna that's a thing now. Now back to Bitcoin. Bloomberg at, at Yahoo, Bitcoin price pump movement grows ahead of El, El Salvador's adoption. It was a story from two days ago we didn't get to. It's been interesting to watch the price moves around this. Um, skipping ahead to in the stack, Jim, to D-N-Y-U-Z and a story that first appeared on in New York Times. In Global First, El Salvador adopts Bitcoin as currency. It is happening, people. There's going to be some pushback against this, but I think this could be a major crack in the dam if Bitcoin gets toehold as functional official currency in El Salvador, then we are going to see uh major, major waves of adoption following this. El Salvador on Tuesday became the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender, allowing the cryptocurrency currency to be used in any transaction from buying a cup of coffee to paying taxes. We'll see how the central banks feel about this. BBC.com, why China's Bitcoin miners are moving to Texas. China's ban on cryptocurrency mining has forced Bitcoin entrepreneurs to flee overseas. Many are heading to Texas, which is quickly becoming the next global cryptocurrency capital. And also from dnyuz.com with a story originally from also the New York Times crypto's rapid move into banking elicits alarm in Washington. Do you hear that? That's the system protecting itself. And that was our tech block. Now some politics. The sun Lily Bet meet Lily Bet. I don't I don't know. That's some corny, like weird journalistic headline. Do, do you know that one, Joey? Anybody? By the way, did anybody Anybody figure out the comment contest for today? What that, who is speaking to whom in that line from Game of Thrones? Do we have any big enough Game of Thrones dorks in the audience or quick enough on Google to have looked up that line? Because you could have. Should I do it again?
3: Do it again because it's a great line.
0: You know what I'm not afraid of? Bald cunts like you. You think you're fooling anybody with that top knot? you bald cunt. Anyway, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry make audacious bid for UK summit with the Queen after months of rows. I hope this is the end of monarchy. That might be a little too hopeful. Bloombergquint.com. Brazil on edge as Bolsonaro tells his base to take to the streets. Yeah, we don't have time to get into this, but check out the links. T.me slash man. There's something very interesting brewing in Brazil we will be covering when we come back, I'm sure. CNBC.com, betting markets swing in favor of Governor Gavin Newsom's California recall effort enters home stretch. Shit! Shit! Newsom might keep his seat. I signed the petition. I'm going to be voting for the recall by mail. Go out if you're in California. I don't know if I trust this poll.
3: Do you trust any polls in the media? I don't.
0: We're well, no, I do, but did, okay. But in this case, you know, I mean, there's a, no. There's there's a particular reason to distrust polls manipulating an election as directly as this. We are talking totally. about the recall, Governor Gavin Newsom. Anything you can do to support it, push for this at this point. Very exciting possibility. Please, California, Amen. if you can push for this, I think it's a cool way to uh, for, for not not because like I care what the Republican Larry Elder is going to replace Gavin Newsom. But significant destabilization of the system might make it worth the effort. Mike Freeman was the big, ugly guy with the scar on his face. Close. God. Getting there. Oh, getting he was there. Involved in the conversation, Game of Thrones. Yes. No, they no, were, not yes. the scar. The speaker of that line was the guy with the big the scar on his face. Yes. Um, <laughs> isn't Mike Freeman the hound? Yes. Who was he speaking to? This, now, Mike Freeman, you're already a member of the Producers Club, isn't he? Yes. Isn't he? All right. Um, but who is he speaking to? A much I don't less even know that guy. name. Distinct, the guy with the top. He just round.
3: watched it. I don't know the guy's name.
0: It's one of those characters in Game of Thrones. Where you're like, he'd be a big geek to like yeah, know his? He's name.
3: in and out. Like he's in and out a lot. But he's, 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 totally he's
0: I'll give you a clue. He's the the priest of the Lord of Light cult who keeps bringing back. The other guy whose name I wouldn't remember if it wasn't for this line. Anyway, yeah, Mike Freeman, if you're not already a member of Producers Club, we'll, we'll get you in there. Uh, email adam at thefreedomline.com. All right, so that was California. From bigleagepolitics.com, Sheriff Who Became Congressman questions Michael Byrd's decision to kill unarmed Ashley Babbitt. Good to know there's hope of some accountability in that. Yeah, we're
3: still on that. We're still on that.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking about January 6th, even when we come back. Maybe, maybe by then, if we're doing a weekly form, we'll be able to do a whole podcast without mentioning January 6th. Yeah, you know? probably not. Uh, France24.com from lockup to landslide, meet DC's first leader elected from jail. Cool story, yeah. Uh, Joel Caston, convicted for murder as a teenager a quarter of a century ago, is finding redemption through politics after becoming the first prisoner. In the U.S. Capitol, not in U.S. history. It's happened a number of times. In the U.S. Capitol, ever to be elected to public office. Um, what, every what? day, he rises before dawn to study, exercise, and phone the mom he calls his queen. Then, like any other vocal leader, he embarks on a day of solving problems for his constituents in the jail surrounding area. He is a member of the Advisory Neighborhood Commission. So, it is it is pretty much the lowest level possible uh political uh position you could hold. But very cool. I like what's it. happening. He's he's got it's a fun a, quirk of the story. He's in the there. Yeah. The, the,
3: yeah, that's good to have an inmate on an advisory board like that. I, I applaud this.
0: Yeah, very cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Now Joey, also a couple th- the that you sh- one that you we had a couple that you shared at the producers club. Uh one here, um excuse me, did I just screw up my uh, no nope. I just lost my controls. That's okay. We're almost done people.com dog born with upside down paws learns to walk three months after undergoing corrective surgery. Holy shit. What? Yeah. And you got a picture of the vet, very serious look on his face, holding up this dog. And it's like, yeah. And and you know what? I have a lot of, it's very cool story. There's so many problems in the background though. Like Inbreeding dogs, this is why that happened in the first place. Sure. Medical resources being misappropriated or misallocated, perhaps because of this. Yeah, sure. Vet wants to do a fun thing and and give a dog a life with feet that work instead of feet that don't. Fuck yeah. Cool. Awesome. Good for you. Cool story. Yeah. And that we're capable of this now. Yeah. Just awesome. All right. Uh CBS17.com. I think Matt Baxley, our, our comment co-host today might have shared this one. North Carolina Governor Cooper signs bill banning popular Carolina squat modification of pickup trucks. And it's, it's trucks that have like the back lowered and the front right, or back stock yeah. and front raised. And it's kind of like there's a visibility problem. And I'm like, yeah, you're a huge douchebag, but you're entitled. You're right. I mean it, it, to well see a here's a problem with this. It's
3: fine. I It's okay. funny
0: I see, my truck has a leveling kit which actually does the same thing. Uh, but it looks level. It doesn't look like outsized like that and it has some practical use. These guys are doing it as cool. as a look. It's stupid. To, mop, to 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 be a a, a fake like race cuz it's it's for take if 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 you're actually doing like Hardcore, well, I mean, not rock crawling. No rock ca- crawling trucks. You want level, like racing. This is for serious off-road racing, like pre-runner style trucks, where you you do jumps and you land with the front end, and you need that makes the extra need that travel care. of cushion totally. as you, you the weight of your engine landing on a jump when you might hit because of the trajectory. Your sure. your rear tires. So it does have a functionality, but that. most
3: people do it just to be
0: cool, and that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um. And the government is using the excuse of cracking down as like it lowers visibility. And it's like, we don't need government for that. If it really did, insurance would take care of it. But no yeah. government doing the job of insurance. Fuck you. Um, yeah. So I support your right to Carolina squad. Naturalnews.com, social media overload, young girls being rushed to emergency rooms with social media, excuse me, induced motor skill disorders it's getting really? to that level we've covered this we've talked about social media the rise in young women and girls suicide with the rise of facebook on mobile platforms um doesn't surprise me combine that with lockdown you're getting social media induced motor skill disorders Fucking a what are we doing to our kids jerusalem post palestinian prisoners at large wanted dead or alive I don't have time, but this is such an hilarious story. I couldn't help but include it. Security forces are working around the clock to find the six fugitives who escaped from Gilboa prison Monday and prevent an outbreak of violence. Yeah. They like this legit, like Alcatraz, Shawshank Redemption style prison outbreak. And the Israeli government just looks fucking stupid, which I like. Uh, TechnologyReview.com. I, I would have saved this for good news, but we don't have good news Friday this week. Meet Altos Labs, Silicon Valley's latest wild bet on living forever. Life extension technology. This is where it's at. Cool link to get into. Another thing, sorry to break this up, but what are we doing to our kids story? Wall Street Journal. A generation of American men give up on college. I just feel lost. The number of men enrolled at two and four year colleges has fallen behind women, by record levels in a widening education gap across the United States. Women are now 59.5% of college students. Men, just 40.5%. I think men are figuring out, part of it is- system's a racket. Right, They're part of it, it men out. are figuring out that it's a racket just faster than women because women are still, oh gosh, I get to go to college having been genuinely suppressed gender bias wise for True. so long. Now women are going to find, figure that out too. And you're going to see not a crisis of male college enrollment, but a crisis, a crisis of college enroll. The it's mainstream coming. media is going to call it a crisis of college enrollment. What it's going to be really is a realization of the enlightenment of the internet applied to higher education going, Oh yeah, it's a scam. Your higher degree is probably not worth shit. Speaking of getting to a higher degree, Someone just shared this in the Producers Club during the show today. From, of course, Mary Jane. Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. Let's get Matt and Jim up on stage for this last story today. Last story of the season. Because it's not in the notes. Regular cannabis users drive as safely as sober people, new study suggests. Ah! And this isn't even new. This is something that I remember covering there's a story from what was like McGill University in Montreal from decades ago, reading about when I was a kid going, yeah. Yeah. It makes you drive slower and increase following distance. How does that
5: make yeah, you, safer uh, driving. but yeah,
0: it's safer driving overall. Now we have the science while we smoke weed, Matt, uh, do you, do you have any, any comments we missed or final thoughts on the season?
2: No, man. Um, you know, everybody was kinda of having their own thing. I apologize. My connection kinda of got glitchy there and I was getting hung up on some comments for a
3: second. But um, it happens, man. It's Google Black.
0: It's Google What's Google that? Blacklisting. I'm I any yeah. I, I I'm gonna be thinking about this a lot over the next three weeks. Uh I I mean both interviews today I'm gonna be thinking about over the next three weeks.
2: Uh you know, of course. I look Ian, forward to you and Ian talking again, man. That's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, De- De- we're gonna. I'm gonna be picking his brain behind the scenes, you know. Now we're we're, yeah. we're Telegram buddies now. I'm gonna be be you know, into the into the Borg of Adam Kokish's brain, Ian Crossland's wisdom, uh, you know. But David talking about the bigger picture with COVID globally, of course, we're gonna be thinking about that. But this idea that I'm 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 just on some Google blacklist, and it's Google and it's Google wide and it's everything Google touches. You know what? And it's everything I touch with my I name, start- everything that has. Adam Kokesh or Adam Charles Kokesh, anywhere in it, or Adam versus the man. It's it's subject to this the effect of this Google blacklisting. Joey,
3: as soon as I mentioned that they didn't pull yesterday's show from my channel, but they did yours. I swear to you, three minutes later I got a notification (laughs) already. See, this
0: is why I rejected
3: my appeal already, but haven't responded to yours yet.
0: See, I disagree with Ian's advice there of create another YouTube channel, like it. yeah, it's... no, well, been, so and then, and then yeah. I'm calling attention to having a baby YouTube channel. It's like no, I got this monster. I mean, small by what it should be standards, but quarter million and hundred million. You don't want
1: to walk away from that. It's like well, I'd rather. I was thinking about it. Just I'll just say this on it. Uh, I I I understand your pandering points. You don't want to supplicate to YouTube, but. Oh, I have the- been noticing I have been noticing almost all the big channels like Cop Watchers and stuff that have huge followings that are watching. They are starting to feel the shadow banning and everything, and they're all creating new channels. For them personally, because I hear them say it live when I, on a video I watch, so I end up following their sub channel because they mention it enough times on their regular channel. And I think it's working out for them in terms of it's helping them get views when they know it's going to be a sensitive issue.
0: It is temporary.
1: It is temporary.
0: I'm not going to do anything different with my content. That's the other thing Ian suggested, like that we do something different. Like He said change the branding.
1: Like, you might no. change your camera angle, but it ain't going to be for fucking YouTube. <laughs>
0: but like, yeah, exactly. Like, well, I, I, I'm i not <laughs> going to enter into this cat and mouse game. No. no. Like, Someone put that in the comments. I'm, I'll take the freedom logo off. No, no. That's
3: what, he, that's what he's saying by rebranding. Oh, so if they have you in the algorithms, they're going to recognize your logos, I think is what he's saying. So rebranding will maybe get around that. But no. But then like, I'm no. just going to be
0: on the blacklist again. I'm not going to. I'd rather build an audience gonna... outside of this. Yeah. Yeah. But how do how do we do that? When you're do I maybe one of the things I got to meditate on over the next three weeks is accepting that I have been blacklisted for this time one way or another, and accepting that in some ways we got to start from scratch.
1: Yeah, in some ways we do got to start from scratch on these newer uh, um, uh, blockchain-based platform.
2: We're doing oh,
1: Right. And
3: okay. teams, what do we got? We've got nine viewers right now. It's kind of big, 143 followers.
0: Maybe there's a way I can clever my way out of this and make a, a sign off video for YouTube that goes viral in and of itself and sends everybody to my Telegram channel. You
3: can't even up. You can't do it for two weeks. Not until so, well done but... <laughs> So there's that. But luckily that lines up. I mean, silver lining. Silver lining. So, in your meditation of acceptance of this uh, this shadow ban, this blacklist, um, acceptance of the fact that perhaps the universe is doing all this because you've got a bigger task at hand.
0: So, well, it's it's validating. No, no, Go I take I always take that. Uh, you know, a lot. I, I think one of the things that that separates me in my stubbornness or in my confidence to keep going is that uh, I take the censorship as validation. It's all the more reason my message needs to continue because it is the I don't want to say, oh, I'm I'm not so arrogant as to say it's the biggest threat, but it might be. It might be. And it's one version of the message that is the bigger threat to the system. And we need to keep the fires burning. We need to keep this alive. Um, Again, I'm not the only one. Um, I think I might be the best. I think I might have the most effective message overall. I think i might be the best at connecting libertarianism to localization to conscientious living to love and compassion and empathy and that's why i have had a loyal committed following that has kept me going throughout this time i have had people who who have believed in me because they know that my ability to articulate that is something that is important to them making the world a better place and moving past this evil paradigm of coercion that we're in today. The so so I, I do take. I do, thank you, Joey. No, I do take that, and I I don't, you know, I, if anything, you know, I would want to end uh, the season on that, you know, appreciation for everybody who's made it possible in the audience, and say that I I'm not uh, doing anything other than than expressing gratitude and taking the value of, of what you have given me, and in in the best faith that I can making the most of that and, and that i will continue to do as long as as long as i breathe joey any final thoughts on the season
3: the light workers get the most pushback, so everybody keep shining your lights
2: don't, everybody don't, wants to reach. know what time the new uh the new relaunch is gonna be you
1: we'll probably an announce idea. all that stuff in our in our yeah, five nine hour hours three,
0: four hours wednesday, wednesday evenings what time and we wanted to, we, we did figure it out what did we say five P.M. to 9 p.M. Pacific, or do we say four to eight?
3: Yeah, five to nine. No, five to nine.
0: So that's eight to midnight, eight to midnight, uh, Eastern, five to nine Pacific. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. wait. No, because they're going to have already fallen back. Well, they fall back in November 7th. Uh, Oh, that's gonna be a two hour difference. It might
0: be. Hold on, it might hold on. Forgetting the Arizona and time change differences, we're doing eight to midnight Eastern.
3: And then whatever five to nine Pacific,
0: right. and what? Don't worry about us figuring it out in Arizona time. That's we'll it. Though. That. But that's that's what we decided is best for the for the audience and for the kind of product we want to create as a Wednesday evening show that as many people can can tune in into as 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 possible, and to keep the numbers simple. So five to nine Pacific, eight to midnight Eastern.
1: That's when we're going to be okay. coming that back. At six to ten, our time. Maybe. I shouldn't
3: be. Depending we'll on worry about
0: daylight saving time, <laughs> right. Arizona time us, being different. It but will it won't change, change for us. the Pacific. Or Nobody the else or has time, to worry. Right? Hey, you move to Arizona. You can it, be as, it cool as be hard, us. Girl. Until then, don't worry <laughs> about the time math that we don't have to do. It's, like the rest of y'all do. It's our you secret this time. You never know. time.
3: You never know what time it is here. See? That's it. And we want to keep it that way. It's secret.
2: All right, Matt, your final thoughts on the season? Man, it's been, what, about a year and a half, and it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait for the the Wednesday evening show. I think that's going to be a a good platform, and, you know, hopefully a couple of weeks off, I know you deserve it, and... Hopefully everybody will come My back break. even stronger yeah. next time around. Oh we're gonna be working.
3: Enjoy the break, Gardena. You all earned it. Like break! Yeah, I'm no,
0: it's break. it's yeah. It's, yeah. yeah
3: break. We will be busting we're, our asses. We're and,
0: giving uh, the government we're well, no, we're not giving the government a break. We're giving we're giving the audience a break.
2: We're giving you guys a break. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, all right, Jim. So we see again audience people. Love everybody. Um it's been a lot of fun commenting with everybody over the year and a half, so
3: Got to thank the audience. Thanks, Matt. Retribution has a uh, signing off comment that's warming my heart right now on Odyssey. I can't wait till we can figure out how to pop these up. We can. We got a share screen or something. We can figure this out. Uh, but Retribution on Odyssey says, Love you all. You're my family, all of you in this place, near and far, brothers and sisters. I love you with all my heart. May the forge of heaven, heavenly hedges keep you safe. May all strongholds be brought to destruction with a sweetness. <laughs> Game <laughs>
1: All right, Jim, your like turn. It. Poetic. Okay. Well, I was uh, uh, thinking of saving all my deepest thoughts for the season for tomorrow. For tomorrow, because, you can. You get your chance tomorrow. Right. But tomorrow. Uh, so I'm glad we went long today because it gives me a chance to show the meme I made of my beautiful granddaughter. <laughs> We're not in a big hurry, so check us in out. I think you'll like it. Oh, uh, that beautiful baby. So this is what you look like on the outside. <laughs> she is literally just Aww. chilling, looking at her mommy, just like that pose was just screaming at me to be memed. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I made like three or four of them, but that's the one I posted, so I was just right happy because she's so All awesome. Right. Thought we'd thought we'd end today's on, uh, you know, baby beauty. That's always All right. love and positive. All right.
0: All right, well, then, Jim, give us the producer notes, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. At 8 a.m., same bat time, same bat place for one last sign-off
1: message. Oh, weed sad. every day. <laughs> it weed every day. We'll get to that. t.me forward slash Adam versus Saman has all the links that everybody uh, that we went through today, even the ones we speeded through and barely referenced. You can check them out. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Uh, the Crypto, the number com, And com. Those are all the websites that we've been promoting To you since this entire season So hopefully you've checked them out by now They may have been updated So check them out again one more time today One at 2 o'clock, one at 4 o'clock And one at 4.20 in any order you want Love you all I hope you enjoy my silly, ridiculous Worded promos at the end of each show And
0: on this day in history According to GoodNewsNetwork.org on this day in 1822, September 7th, Brazil gained its independence from Portugal and celebrates on this day. Also on this day in 1927, TV pioneer Philo Farnsworth, I just want to say that, succeeded in transmitting an image electronically with his image dissector video camera tube and called it television. With 300 patents, he made many crucial contributions to the development of, of all electronic television. It is Farnsworth Television and Radio Corporation in Fort Worth, Indiana. On this day in 1986, Desmond Tutu became the first black leader of South Africa Anglican Church. And on this day in 1988, Abdul Ahad Mamand became the first Afghan in oh, the first Afghan in space on this day, returned aboard a Soviet Soyuz spacecraft after nine days on the Mir space station. First, Afghan in space. I wonder if the Taliban is putting together a space program. With all the money...
3: That's the second that was season of Space Force. Co- Force. Yeah! Oh Force, my gosh. Space Force,
0: Afghanistan. <laughs> and with that, mwah, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.